Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am here from the pool room studios at the Berwick Mansion. I am extremely excited tonight. We have a very, very special guest, one of my favorite bartenders, an amazing friend. So excited to have her on. She's a little nervous, but she's going to crush it. And I know all of y'all are going to show her a lot of love, just like you just showed Trauma Parlor some love. And as always, show my wonderful co-host some love. It's Mike Windsor here with me tonight. Hello. Hey, Mike, can I tell you something? <laughs> what? I know I, I, I make jokes all the time about, you know, how nice your hair looks or about how, you know, beautiful you are. But I, I'll tell you, every human being seems to have an outfit that is really their signature thing or like makes them pop. And for you, man, it's, you know, it's the dirty hipster beanie. You, there's something about you in a dirty hipster beanie that really just, it puts a smile on my face. It says, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, you'd wear it in the middle of the summer. I've seen you do it. But something about it makes me think of the holidays and home and like the smell of like cinnamon lattes, you know, and, and uh, you just look so adorable in your little beanie today. Well, thanks. This is not a hippie beanie. I got this at a military surplus store. So, yeah, well, that, that just makes it even more of a hipster beanie. I didn't call it a hippie beanie. But of course, you got it at a military surplus God store. Damn right. that, makes, that makes perfect sense. I bet you, uh, you probably use like a uh, like Korean War era canteen instead of like a hydro flask, just because uh, just you have to be that cool. That's the type of. That's the type of guy that you strike me as when you wear that beanie. But um, I don't have right. to try to be cool. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> right, what's new, my friend? Well, <clears throat> I got the cops called on me this last weekend. What? Yeah. Come uh, on, spill it. All right. So a couple of years ago, uh, I used to I would go up on Saturdays to the Humane Society and I'd walk dogs for like two oh. to four hours. And this is not me being like, Oh, I'm a nice guy. Like this is me trying to balance out like what a degenerate piece of shit I am. You know what I mean? Oh, I just, I thought you were walking dogs like sarcastically, like, you know, like a hipster would. And, <laughs> yeah, right now. No, I, I'm <laughs> like not. You wear the leaf and you let the dog walk you. No, or I, like I don't necessarily believe in karma, but just in case. Um, but we would do that in the humane society. Um, the, the back area where they have to walk dogs is kind of small. Like you can walk the whole track in like under less than five minutes. And I want to take a dog out for a little while, get him out of the cage, you know, and give him a good walk right behind the humane society. There's this wildlife park. So it's like public, public area. You can go and it's this beautiful walk past a nice strip pit and into the woods. And then you come back uh, what? a strip pit. Okay. And so what? I'm sorry. You side wanna, tangent. You wanna... We're quick just going to go right past the term strip pit and pretend so t- like that didn't quick, happen? Quick tangent. Southeast Kansas uh, was a coal mining town. And the way that they would do it, uh, they'd do it different ways. But one of the ways was strip mining to where they would scoop the top layer of soil off, dump it to the side, and then get the coal out. So all right. over all over uh, my area, you have what we call the strip pits. So you've got these nice bodies of water that have filled up the holes. And then you have the dumps right next to them. And, we call uh, actually, them quarry. We call well, them quarry. It's not really. We have, like these. Yeah. Well, what, I'm just telling you, when they strip mine around here, they yeah. call them quarries and they okay. fill them in with water. Yeah. Like there's these now scenic communities around yeah. them that are called like Quarry Lake and things yeah. like that. Um, but I've never heard it called a strip pit. I got to yeah. be honest with you. That's a really good name for the gay bar that Justin might want to, you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll the just have a, we'll have a little bar down at the pond, but 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, so it's a nice walk past the strip in in the woods, yada, yada, yada. And I did this for months, like every weekend, most weekends, I'd go up there. And for months and months, I did this. And I don't really think I was supposed <sighs> to take the dogs off the property, but I never really asked and nobody ever said anything. And since I was going up there, you know, I think even if they noticed, they just didn't say anything just because they're like, yeah, the dogs are getting a good walk. Fuck it. You well, didn't I, know that you couldn't steal the dogs? Well, kidnap so, the animals? You didn't know you couldn't do that? So I go back the, for the first time this last weekend for quite, it's been a long time. And I don't recognize anybody working there. It was all about, it was like a bunch of young girls, like early 20s. And my buddy Hooch from episode five came with me as well. So we got the dogs and then. Actually, since well, when I when I was walking, they put up a fence, but they had a gate that was never locked. So I just opened up the gate. So I didn't ask. And I was like, eh, we'll just take them out for a while. So I was like, if, if we get in trouble, we'll get a little slap on the wrist. So we take the dogs out. You know, like I said, it's about 20, 30 minute walk. As I'm getting back to the uh, Humane Society, I hear one of the girls outside calling one of the dog's names. Like the dog's name is Crystal. And I can just hear Crystal. Crystal. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. <laughs> so I come back and there's an older woman there up at the up by the door of the Humane Society, just waiting, just staring daggers at me as I walk up. And uh, she's like, what did you not understand about staying on the path? I was like, I was on the path. <laughs> I was on a path. And she was like, well, the police are on their way. I'm like, whoa, like, calm down. This is a mis- this is a and I played it dumb and I was like we did this all the time. We took him out for a walk and it wasn't a big deal. Like you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, "All right, sorry, the the police don't need to be involved." But the sheriff showed up and you know, they kind of dismissed it. But then we went inside to fill out some volunteer paperwork and like all five of the girls had been crying. <laughs> which <laughs> which is actually a new high score for me. So uh, <laughs> you mean in the same day? You yeah, same day, exactly. Of course, of course. At yeah. one time, See, yeah. The funny thing is, I I love how you labeled this story the story where Mike gets the cops called on him. Where really the story should be labeled the story where Mike makes five twenty year old girls cry because he <laughs> stole a bunch of puppies. That's that's a more accurate description. They, they must have had something bad happen out there because they were really upset. And I, you know, I continued to explain myself. And the lady was like, well, we appreciate you coming out, but you know, you can't do that. And I was like, all right, it won't happen again. It's not a problem. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Hooch and I still would like to stay and walk some dogs for a while. Um, but we obviously have upset you and I'm sorry if you'd prefer us to leave. And they're like, yeah, you should probably leave and come back later. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like, seriously, like, I'm sorry we upset you, but you're really going to be like, well, fuck the dogs. They can stay in the cage. I'm upset. So get the fuck out of here. See, you're, you're the problem with America. This is the reason reason that the Humane Society is so strapped for resources and volunteers. I'm trying to help. What do you mean? Well, this is why we can't have nice things or apparently unadopted dogs that you know stay what? in the kennels because I, people love them too much and walk them too far off the property. I, I may have upset them. all those girls and that lady and the police, um, but you know who wasn't upset? The two fucking dogs that got a nice yeah. long 30-minute walk. So. Fair enough. You know what I would have done if I was the, the manager lady who was staring daggers at you? I wouldn't have called the cops. Or maybe I would have, but I would have told you that, hey, guess what? Once you take the dogs off the property, you assume ownership of them. Yeah, exactly. It's like a break it, you buy it policy. So now yeah. you have to adopt these dogs. <laughs> that might have been the, the, they, the best They were not going to send those dogs home with me that day, trust I was me. Say, that's the only reason she wouldn't do that, because at this point, they think that you guys are like doggy sexual predators. Yeah, exactly. We took them know? back in the woods and had our way with them. Yeah, good, exactly. Good Lord. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a first, Mike. All right, but very fitting. Very fitting, because we have a troublemaker on the squad tonight. That's right. I'm very excited to get right into it. Um, 
Before we do some of our, our usual announcements, as Mike and I have been talking about a lot on the show, um, we want you guys to be happy, healthy. We know that this business is brutal. Um, a lot of people deal with uh, the long working hours, the bullshit that they got to put up with, with um, self-medication, substance abuse. It is a slippery slope. It's really easy to fall into. I know for me, there's been plenty of times where I'm drinking too much. Um, you know, I know Mike and I have both dealt with a lot of these things. So look, if you're dealing with alcoholism, substance abuse, you know, even depression related to, to what you're dealing with in this industry, we're going to have some uh, phone numbers for some really great resources uh, at the end of the pod. Please call those, reach out to those. Um, we want you guys to stick around and enjoy this pod. I know we like to joke around a lot about, um, you know, partying and getting crazy, but, but we're serious about this and we're so serious. We really mean it. If you want, uh, you know, just somebody to talk to, reach out to us via email. Mike and I check that all the time. We're happy to, to at least just like lend a shoulder and listen to you. You know, we're not licensed therapists by any, any means, but we, uh, we do care about you guys. Any of you listeners out there. Um, but tell the people about the bartender rant happy hour that we got coming up and the pod and the, uh, playlist you put together for that. Yeah, so the BRP Industry Night playlist, uh, every guest we have gets to pick three songs to add. They will be added chronologically. So if you you know connect with a certain guest, you can see what songs they added. And then uh, starting December, the first Monday every month, I think is what we're shooting for. We're going to do a Industry Night happy hour where we're going to post the link on the social media for our uh for a google hangout and if you want you can just uh log in and have some drinks with steve and i and shoot the shit for a little while that's right we and, we're, and, we're gonna li- and we're gonna listen talk to about whatever and we're gonna listen to the bartender rant um uh excuse me, brp industry night playlist while yeah. we do that and I, some cool and tunes that all, our guests have picked you all need to thank me because uh brian from episode <laughs> 10 he picked three fish songs that came to an hour and a half and i got him down to one fish song so you're okay. welcome uh, we do thank you. I was going to say, that's an arrogant way to start a sentence. You all need to thank me, but after you explained yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. on board. All right. We've got, let's get at, uh, you know, all of the, the expose aside and let's get right into the episode here. Without further ado, we have Meg. Should we go Meg or should we go Meg? You want to go Meg? Okay. All right. We have Meg <laughs> and the classic vodka gimlet. All right, guys, we have Meg tonight. She is Brock Gimlets. She has classed up this joint, which so many of our wonderful guests do, Meg. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here and low-key very nervous. No. I'm very happy and very excited to be here. No, <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Of course, of course. No reason to be nervous, okay? You have you have these uh, wonderful like dream catcher earrings on. A lot of good juju I'm feeling in this room. We got a candle lit. Or maybe it went out, but it's that's gonna be fine. Um, but I'm <laughs> no, it's gonna be great. I'm excited to get into it. I will say that the drink you picked, I was a little caught off guard. I did, you know, you and I have shared many a drink together, and I did not know that you were a big Gimlet fan. I love Gimlets. Well, traditionally, I would drink tequila Gimlets. I guess it would just a tequila be just mm. tequila and a bunch of fresh lime juice yeah, in a martini good. glass. That's really what I go to. Like a tequila daiquiri almost. Yeah. yeah, I mean. But I figured I'd tone it down a little bit and just go vodka. No, <laughs> come on. Come on. Tequila, tequila Wednesdays, Mike. That sounds like something we could, we could start getting into here. But no, I love it. Um, it definitely caught me off guard, but really excited about it. I remember to this day the first time I was introduced to a Gimlet. 
Um, I loved watching like old television shows as a kid. And I got really into Cheers when I was like eight or nine years old. And that used to be, uh, there's a famous episode of Cheers where Diane is training behind the bar and Sam uh, teaches her how to make a gimlet. And she like can't do it and can't do it and can't do it. And finally she makes like the perfect gimlet. And I don't know, I always remember that being like, Ooh, that's a very adult like cocktail. Yeah. And, then I come, and then I come to my bartending uh, uh, experience. And I realize, okay, this is like a two, three part. This mm-hmm. is, you know, I can do this. This is easy. So I love them. Uh, they always like hit really, really hard. You know, they're, they're very sharp drinks. So, um, well, let's get right into it. I don't know about you. Okay. I need All a right. drink. Me too. Let's mix them up. So why don't you mix us up some of these cocktails here? And uh, and Steve, before you take your headphones off to mix it up, Steve broke a cardinal rule of the Bartender Rent podcast. What did I do? He, instead of buying fresh limes, bought sweetened lime juice. Oh, man. What a motherfucker. We've talked about this, Steve. What a blow, blow. I know. See, I I didn't know. I like like Rose's sweet lime juice, but I I had a feeling that that was not going to be the right thing for this drink, and I did fuck up. Jesus actually It's the first thing that Meg said to me through the door. You know, it was not high hello. It was hey, what the fuck? So <laughs> the fresh lime. You know what? <laughs> so, I only I only had an hour after work to get here and eat and get the ingredients, and I've got a bag of fresh lime, so you can no, suck shut it. your mouth. Shut your mouth. Well, listen, if you're listening along at home, you've already seen the ingredients list before this episode came out. Hopefully, you did the right thing. You stocked up on fresh limes and some simple syrup. Um, thank God we have a very skilled bartender tonight. She's gonna mix us up some drinks with. The ingredients we have, and they're going to be delicious, okay? So I will take the L on that one. At least we're not re-recording this episode, okay? Knock on wood. Why why you got to test it like that, man? What's what's your problem? (laughs) We did an hour and a half of a recording, and then I fucked up the recording and lost everything. So Let's not do that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that tonight. So why don't you start mixing those up for us, Meg? And while you're doing it, give the people a little bit of an idea of how you make your gimlet, if you do it special at all. So when I make mine, I do two ounces of vodka and or gin. I also really like it with tequila. Um, And then it would be a a half ounce of simple and a half ounce of fresh lime juice. So tonight we are going (laughs) to substitute that in with a whole ounce of... Sweet and lime instead. <laughs> roses, sweet and lime. And roses. That's right. Um, but it'll still be great. And that's pretty much the classic recipe. Like you know, the the gimlet is an old gin drink. I mean, that's the origins. Obviously, it's been you know it's been co-opted to be done with vodka or, for example, Meg has said a couple times now, like tequila is a great substitution as well, especially for you tequila drinkers out there that might uh, really like a blanco. Um, personally, I actually think, uh, Gimlet goes really well with an Añejo as well. That, uh, kind of like blush, uh, wine flavor that you get from some Añejos works really well with the lime juice. It almost has kind of a light sangria. I love that sound. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the origins of this drink are a classic gin drink. Uh, you know, this cocktail dates way, way, way back, um, to the good old days where gin was king. Uh, the British Empire, shipping gin all over the world, um, kind of some of the really early days of cocktail making. And th- there's all different types of, you know, other drinks that have popped off from this. Like, for example, the daiquiri has become, a, uh, it, you know, its own standalone drink. 
Um, it's really more or less the exact same recipe, but with uh, rum, Caribbean rum. Um, here, let's, you know what, before I continue the history lesson here, why don't we, cheers. Mike. Cheers. I'm making my second one. I already had one. <laughs> oh, that's great. You did well. And th Consider this is the <laughs> first martini, well, second martini glasses. I'm an idiot. Considering the uh, the ingredients at your disposal, Meg, you did very, very well. But um, the original recipe of this drink, like I said, it dates way, way back, um, you know, to the British Empire really shipping gin all over the world. And I dug deep into some of like the original origins of when the cocktail was first printed um, or some of the, the different ingredients. It turns out that there are so many different slight variations on this drink and so many people claim to have invented it that it actually shows up in multiple different famous cocktail books. It seems like the first one is the Savvy Cocktail Book in 1930, but there's a whole bunch of controversy on that. As I'm doing the research, the tidbit of information that stuck out the most, though, was this legend about maybe how, you know, why this drink was originally made. Um, and it all goes back to um, the Surgeon General of the British Royal Navy, a guy named uh, Sir Thomas Gimlet. Um, he was a rear admiral. He was a doctor in the British Navy. And he, for months, was having all these spikes in scurvy cases ah. uh, all throughout the British Navy. And he was trying to find ways to get sailors to get lime juice or infuse lime into their diet in some way because he knew it would battle scurvy. But it was not something that was always readily available. You know, you, you needed to dilute it so that, every, you know, you could really spread the amount of, of lime you had, which is kind of an exotic fruit at the time, amongst all the sailors. And so he came up with this ingenious idea. Well, I know that there's gin on every Royal Navy ship. Why don't we start putting lime juice into the lot of gin on, on each sailing vessel That's uh, awesome. to, to help fight scurvy? So it's never been confirmed. It's still kind of in question. But I thought that that was a really interesting like uh, it legend about how the, the Gimlet was uh, came to be. And yeah. obviously his last name being Gimlet, I think there's probably some you know credence to that. So we're, we're basically just drinking grog. Yeah, you drink well. I like to think we're drinking medicine, which is what most of the best liquors started as, anyway, right? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, there was a long time where Jägermeister was considered cough syrup. Uh, you know how many, how many uh, gra uh, grandparents and great grandparents had whiskey put on their gums when they were a colicky baby? I mean, there's, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the best uh, cocktails and liquors and liqueurs today have origins in the medical field. So I think that was kind of cool that there was, uh, uh, you know, a surgeon general for the Navy involved in the creation of this drink. But, um, all right. History lesson aside, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I thought you were jumping in history lesson aside. I am really excited to get into our show and I really appreciate you mixing up these cocktails. They are fantastic. Um, I can, taste the fact that it's not fresh squeezed wine. I can't. I'm going to admit it. It's on me. I feel the person that's really suffering right now is Meg, that I've made her drink the swill of, of not real lime juice. You know, if Thomas Gimlet was here, he would probably have me... Uh, Walk the plank. Know, draw, 
drawn and quartered or was <laughs> quarter marshaled or something uh, for, for my disrespect. Well, if I'm being honest, I, the first time that somebody ordered this drink from me, I made it with roses. Ah. That's just like traditionally how it's supposed to be made. And the person got so offended that I made it the wrong way. Really? And told me the way that they preferred to make it. The right way. Lime, yeah, which yeah. was with fresh <laughs> lime and simple. And so moving forward after that, I've always just made it with fresh lime and simple, and I've never had one set back. Isn't that, isn't that funny, though, like how that's how you learn to make some drinks? Yeah. Somebody's like – That's not right. Well, not even just that. They're like, you have fucked up, and they make this big <laughs> – this big overture about it and then you you know it locks in in your head like this is how it needs to be made from then on mm-hmm. i was always like that with um with mojitos you know i i hate it when people put simple syrup in a mojito i think the first mojito i ever made i used the the mojito mix that has oh. the sugar and all that already mixed in and i got abs- i was working at beach bar and i got absolutely torched by a guy I said look if you don't use a sugar cube or a sugar packet and grind it you know right there with the lime and the mint it's, it's never going to taste right. It needs to be subtle. And that always stuck with me. And I'm very proud to say I make a damn good mojito. And it's because I follow that recipe. So, um, All right. Well, Meg, you've made it this far. I'm really excited again to have you on here. And thank you for bearing with Scurvy Steve and his uh, lack of limes tonight. Um, <laughs> Scurvy Steve. <laughs> that was just for you, Mike. Uh, all right. So we always like to start off our show with a category called the drink tip. This is just like, you know, all of us young people flex it on LinkedIn. We're trying to get our careers going. This is your service industry career profile. So we want to know how did you first get into the business? Uh, some of the different positions you've had as you've worked your way up. And then where are you now if you're still in the business? Um, so I actually started at... Um an Italian ice place. It's a window service, but it got me a lot of experience communicating with people and like learning the correct things to say and how to approach people with that barrier up. Um, that was a place in Mount Washington. I started there the day after I turned 14. (laughs) I was was, like, I grew up across the street from this place. Oh, so you could walk there. Yeah. And I, uh, remember going over there as a child and seeing all the, the girls and guys that work there and they all seemed super cool. And I wanted to be one of them. Uh, so I made it a point to walk across the street and walk up to the owner and be like, today is my birthday, but I will start tomorrow. And she was like, okay, you're hired. Um, so that's really where like my service industry career kind of started. Um, and actually, I've stayed with that with that business for almost 16 years, yeah. 16 seasons. It's a summer business. Um, you got so lucky that being your first service experience because yeah. I don't, I don't think – I don't think most people, the first job they have in this business, they have such a great relationship with the owner, yeah. with the staff, um, with that business over time. Yeah. And I, and I was very fortunate. The owner of that business was also like a manager and ran her own restaurant back in the day and managed high end, um, like five star restaurants in the city. So she instilled a lot of work ethic and a lot yeah. of great qualities into me that I've been able to take with me along the way. Um, I also have to think like, and, and I've been to the spot you're talking about on occasion. I have to think that just with that business, there's a lot of opportunity to learn how to upsell because mm-hmm. it's a lot of, it's like knickknacks with that stuff. For the people that are not from Maryland, a snowball at, uh, is different from An Italian ice, Italian ice which is different from gelato, which is different from a snow cone. Mm-hmm. There, there's a very unique thing to Baltimore that is, strictly the snowball 
Um, and I know you guys did a little bit. You did all of them, right? We did, we did Italian ice. You did Italian ice, right. Right, but there's always like upsells like marshmallow or other, you know, other little add-ons, jimmies and sprinkles and all kinds of stuff. And so you, there are some like other skills that you learn at a place that's really fast-paced and you're interacting with a ton of customers and you're working in the in the heat too. Yeah. Like that's peak, peak summer uh, distribution. So high volume. Um, so that's good. That's, that's crazy. And I love, uh, it, it, you know, obviously it was right across the street from your house. You know that the second you said that, it was over. She was going <laughs> to, whether you wanted to come in the next day or not, she was going to tell you, yeah, report to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, I did for that, 16 summer straight. <laughs> <laughs> that, one was, that one was sold. Yeah. So, so where'd you, um, how, how'd you kind of make that next step into like maybe the more class, what we think of as the more classic restaurant? Uh, so that was, I started there like my freshman, sophomore summer. Um, and then once she closed down, I realized I still wanted to work and needed to find a restaurant or somewhere that I could go that was still very like service industry based. Um, but that didn't serve alcohol because I was yeah. 16, 17 years old and, you know, can't carry alcohol or open it so i ended up finding this facebook or not facebook uh craigslist ad and it was for this place am i allowed to disclose names of places you can share any of the names uh usually mike and i's motto is protect the innocent and the guilty okay. if you feel like I, what, I won't say anything bad about well, this place. well if you again <laughs> um we want to promote places on here so if you, so this place is no, no longer there. Yeah. By the way, share, share the name. For uh, sure. So I came across this ad on, on Craigslist for this place called the Grandview Cafe in Hamden, or I guess Roland Park. Um, and it was on the 14th floor of this retirement home. <laughs> and they were looking for servers. And I was like, great, this is perfect. It's a cafe. It's down the street from my house. It's a bunch and, of old heads. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I can manage um, old parts. I did not know what I was walking into when I walked into that job, but <laughs> that was really my first uh, serving job. Uh, it didn't last very long at all. It was kind of very chaotic there. Um, what What was it that made it chaotic? Was it the people pooping the, their the, pants while the, you were serving uh, well, their Well, yeah. The, uh, the amount of times I got like, five cent tips because these people are like a hundred years old and just didn't know the difference. They're on a fixed income, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. um, there was that. And then I think the uh, owners of this place just didn't really, really know what they were doing. So it was just kind of a mess. Yeah, um, they were probably the arts and crafts director like two months before this, you know? You know yeah, I it was strange. I actually worked at a retirement home uh, as a, like a food prep guy, like, but like I would get the food and serve the old people. And it was, it was a shit show. Uh, I, I just remember this one old guy, can't say his name, obviously, but uh, <laughs> another girl came up to wipe the table down and help me out, you know, at the close of the shift. And he was still sitting out there and she walks by and wipes the table down. He's like, huh, somewhere there's a whorehouse missing a whore. <laughs> <laughs> he, was just, he was just this old senile guy. It was the funniest shit ever, man. So, if if, if you obviously you can't share his name, but what did he look like? His name was he was uh, like I'm trying to think. I, they had a nickname oh, for him. I don't Simeon? think. It, no, he was just he was just an old fart, man. The, the, okay. Those old men when they start losing it, they're so gross, man. Like the the the. Um, CNAs would tell me like they'd be down like washing their feet and stuff and like hey hun while you're down there like just yeah. just dirty dirty old men <laughs> you know and a lot of times we just make them 
president or <laughs> oh <laughs> shit wow steve you're so a bitch um <laughs> anyway all right so so you're at the old folks home. Well, that's the old folks home. It, just, it doesn't last uh it doesn't last too long um before i realize like i gotta get out of here this is not the serving career that i want to take uh so i stop working go back to the italian nice place for a while uh, and work there. And then I moved forward to my senior year to where I want it to be on early release. And in order for me to do that, I either had to go to college for the second half of my day, or I had to do a work release. So I chose the work release pass, uh, path, sorry. And, uh, is that like a common thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. Yeah. So again, I wasn't old enough to serve alcohol yet. So I had to find an, yet another restaurant that didn't serve alcohol, which led me straight to Bob Evans down on the floor. Oh yeah. <laughs> right down oh, to yeah. old Bob Evans. I was gonna say if you're uh, if you're one of these uh, people out there that listens to the show that's thinking about getting into the business, what Meg is talking about is a constant struggle. Like if you can find a place that lets you like illegally do this, like bartend and serve drinks, that's one thing. But those are so few and far between. Nine times out of ten, you're going to have to go work at like a pizza shop until you're like of age to serve alcohol. Or you're going to have to go work at a breakfast restaurant. And breakfast is the, the, the best option. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, so I got hired there and worked there for like almost two years. What's Bob like? <laughs> I never met Bob, but uh, Shut the fuck up, Steve. That, place is, <laughs> that place is something else. I'll say yeah. that. Did you get free cereal? I got free pancakes a lot. Oh man, see, I'd be, I'd quit my job right now to work at Bob Evans for you know forty k a year in free cereal. I made nowhere near forty. Yeah, forty k. That's a <laughs> that, huge caveat. That's a, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, Plus tips. Yeah, yeah. And cereal. <laughs> and cereal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I uh, worked there for a couple of years and then um, started. Uh, actually left the industry for a while, did retail, and then realized how much I hated retail and went back to the industry. <laughs> I was like, where's my money? I'm not making anything. I hate folding clothes. <laughs> yeah, folding clothes blows. Yeah. Um, so then I got hired at this place uh, in Mount Washington called Earth, Wood, and Fire. It's a phenomenal pizza, uh, yeah. wing, and burger place. And I was there for five years. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, while I was there, I started out as a server. That's where you were working when we first met. Yeah, yeah. worked my way up to a bartender. And then the last two years that I was there, I actually got promoted to being their bar manager. Uh, so I kind of took a, a leadership role, which was really great. I got to learn a lot. Um, all, all good things come to a, uh, to an end. So I left there and uh, <laughs> right. spent some time at another spot in Mount Washington. And then most recently, before I hit the spot that I'm at now, I was a bartender at Michael's Cafe, which is a huge spot in Timonium. Yeah, if you're from yeah Michael's yeah, straight straight across, uh, well, not straight across, but right around uh, from Bluestone. Fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we would go to Michael's all the time after our shifts. That, that was like where all the servers yeah. and bartenders would go right afterward. I've played it on plenty of the Bluestones. Yes, yes. Yep. Michael, Michael's is an absolute Baltimore um, a stat. I mean, it's a staple. I mean, it's an institution in Baltimore County being right across from the fairgrounds around York Road outside of Towson. But um, – my, my connection to that joint is when I first ever worked with Dirty Tom at the diner that um, we met Mike at, uh, Michael's is right next door to the diner. I mean, you can walk there in two minutes. And we would very often be working these 24-hour overnight shifts, and we'd be dead as a doornail, nobody in there, and we'd have three or four servers on, and we'd say, one person covered 
the rest of us are going over to Michael's and we're going to have like a late night drink and we're going to try to sneak back over. And uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, Cis- uh, the bartender there, Cisco. Cisco. Another- what a legend. We should get that motherfucker it? on here, man. Oh, God. I don't think I don't think he speaks. I think he just robotically no, makes drinks perfectly. He and speaks. He speaks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like, we should – We honestly, I'm glad you said that because we should seriously get him on here. No, Cisco, Cisco is a legend and, and an institution in and of Been itself. Been there like almost 30 years. Yeah, yeah rarely – Rarely will you find a bartender in America, and I will I will put this up against anybody that can mix a better martini than that guy. The, his his dirty his uh, blue cheese stuff olive martinis, fucking slap. You will and he and, and I love it. He does it with the shaker. He puts the shaker next to your drink so you get a little bit extra pour at the end. He's I mean he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I'm hijacking I'm hijacking your time. So um you you. We're at Michael's for a while, and now you've left there, and yep. you've gotten so I to just, a new, new gig, huh? Yeah, so I uh, just left there in late August, and it's been a long time coming, but I've been helping open up a new spot in Hunt Valley cool. uh, called Sammy's Trattoria, um, and we actually just opened two Fridays ago to the public, and Very it's been you know, a great first two weeks. Um, so you're involved in management again. Yeah, so I'm like the lead bartender. Plus, I'm like the whole front of the house manager, which is great. Um, takes me back to my managing days at Earthwood and Fire. But got to transfer over a lot of the things I learned there to where I am now, which is awesome. And uh, it's been great so far. I can't complain. So we haven't had a lot of managers on the show, you know, people that ha- uh, have, have managed in some capacity. And um, I'm going to go a little rogue here. I know we're going to get into the gauntlet, but one of the interesting questions uh, I would ask you is from your first experience managing to now, is there one particular thing that you've learned or that you really are focusing on improving on or just like, I'm going to laser focus on this because I'm not letting bad behavior happen again? Like, is there anything that's a top priority for you? So my biggest thing as a manager is like, I hate experiencing managers that are do as I say, not as I do. So what I try Mm -hmm. to instill in my staff is like, if I'm asking you to do something, understand that I'm 100% willing to also do that horrible thing too. Like if it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I need you to take the trash out. Like I'll be the first person to be like, all right, I have three seconds. Like I'll also go take the trash out. Or if I'm short up person in the dishwasher, I'm going to hop back there too. And like hop on the dish tank, which I feel like a lot of managers just like, shout and direct and don't really, you know, <laughs> the best ones into the dirty stuff. And I try to yeah. do that as, as best of my ability. Yeah, I'm sure the best that. ones I've ever had do do it the way yeah. you just said. Yeah, I feel like it just kind of gets like the staff also respects you when exactly. you are also doing the grimy work too. Mm-hmm. You got to be yeah. in the trenches yeah. with them. You know? So I, I try to, I try to promote that as much as possible, which has gotten me a lot of respect thus far. Cool. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. So you are still bartending, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so doing a little bit of both, wearing wearing a couple different hats, and it sounds like doing some back back of the house promoting <laughs> work for this new restaurant as well. I think you're being a little bit modest with with how much they've asked you to take on, but I'm excited to go there. I know that the original Trattoria, because there's other locations, right? This is kind of like a new venture for them. Um, that they they've got a pretty good brand here in Baltimore, so I'm excited to see the new location and, and check it out. Um, I should probably get in there before you guys get plum crazy busy, um, and and you know, and it's all it, like all hell is broken loose. So I'm I'm probably gonna get it there in the next couple weeks. Um, all right, you have made it <laughs> to the penultimate section of the pod, the gauntlet. 
um, as we call it, which is our top 10 questions that we put all of our bartenders through. Are you ready? Wait, I'm ready. Wait, Steve, before we get into this, and I'll be careful with how I phrase this, but I feel like we're dancing around how you guys know each other. Is there a reason? Can we not say or? <laughs> sure. Me- Meg and I met on a wonderful dating app uh, called Tinder, and we sparked up a, a, a wonderful romance. We dated for a while. And we are very good friends. Yeah. Yep. Dated for a while, and then she got to know Steve a little bit better. So, which uh, unfortunately, <laughs> what happens with most of my relationships, Michael? Um, Not with me, I'm, baby. I'll always be here for you, Steve. Mike, I, I've been trying to shake you for years, but you're the type of person where there's apparently no level of abuse that you can take that drives you away. Yeah, so. I think I, I think I called you daddy on one of those episodes. <laughs> of episodes yeah. No, in all seriousness, I feel like I hijacked. Meg, you please, you you uh, say your own piece on the situation. No, but I, I think you said it perfectly. We met on a dating app. We had a great a great run, and we just you know realized that we were going to be better off as as close friends, and that's what we stayed at. And I feel blessed to have you in my life and to have met you. And um, I think from square one, uh, some of the things that I do know are constants and will be constants forever. If you put Meg and I in a room. <laughs> With a bottle of tequila, um, I'll tell you what. Limes. That's <laughs> well, yeah. um, that bottle of tequila will be polished off much faster than than any gambler has expected, and then we will break down the door of that room and take to the streets yeah. and start like lighting things on fire. You know, it's, it's probably uh, no. a good thing you guys broke up then. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You might not be alive. <laughs> I mean, I still remember. I, I still remember that one of the nights where we had every, we went out to the park that day. Oh, and we were God. all playing spike ball, and there was the whole uh, uh, with one of our friends the car accident situation. And we ended up back. Uh, we had a big group back at my apartment, and we were all dancing on top of the couches. We were oh. standing on top of the couches, like patting the ceiling, dancing. Those were some good times. Yeah. There's plenty of great times. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, again, I, I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a friendship that I very much cherish. And I'm glad Mike was able to introduce this to the pod with just so much grace and like no awkwardness, <laughs> like right as we're about to jump into the, to the gauntlet. So yeah, no, I, just, I agree. I, I feel like people like don't think that relationships can end and maintain a, a good, you know, healthy friendship and, I can say that a lot of mine have not ended that way. Same. So it's, it's Same. nice to be able to have a person. A different you know, dynamic, yeah. for sure. Well, absolutely. Uh, when you when you have uh, – it's hard to make those connections with people in life. And when you do find them, they're really – they're worth hanging on to. You know, and if you can well, – you, you know. If you can transition from a romantic relationship, you still care about the person and you yeah. want them around. Like that's it's a, I really wish that happened more often because there's you know typically no reason unless it's a toxic situation that people have to just go their separate ways because they didn't work out as a couple. A you know? lot, a lot of it is insecurity. Um, I think if you have, uh, if you you know if you really care about that other person, and you know I, I really do love Meg. She's a fantastic human being, and she has been nothing but a blessing in my life. Um, and also. Ha- makes me laugh my ass off. Like, it's just a, a fantastic personality. I have felt nothing but blessed since the moment I met her. Seriously. And so, um, to, to feel like that that relationship has to be cut off, I, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, don't get me wrong. It was a very, uh, you know, as all breakups. It was, it was hard. Tough. But, it, but you know, 
We have grown. We have grown. And we have prospered. And now we are doing a podcast together. And Mike is, Mike is exposing us right now. What is up with these Michaels, man? I know. I was just getting ready to say, you made the comment. You put Steve and I in a room together. It's legal. You need to see Steve, Murph, and I in a room together. Yes. And then, like, that level of, like, insanity gets we, risen so much we, we, have, we have not talked a lot about Murph on the pod. Uh, um, I, I don't even think we've actually said his whole name on the pod maybe more than once or twice. But um, there's another Michael in our life uh, who used to be a very close friend of Meg and I's. And uh, I say used to just because he is still peripherally a good friend of mine. Um, it's hard sometimes to get his attention. I don't know how much Meg you still talk to him at this point. Yeah, I get sometimes like the very random like phone call from yeah. like like three in the morning, like where are you? <laughs> <laughs> three in the morning. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So these these mics though, man, they're a bunch of potster and shitsters, and and somehow right as we're about to get into this uh, gauntlet, you've exposed both of us. Like we're on, you know, Jerry Springer's couch right now. I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. But no, um, we're going to persevere. Let's put this to bed and get right into the gauntlet. Let's go. All right. Okay, Meg, here we go. Into the gauntlet after the conversation we just had. This should be easy. <laughs> Nobody's sweating this. All right, question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. Tell us about some of your pet peeves about the service industry um, or just some misconceptions maybe people who have not worked in the business don't understand about the troubles of serving and bartending. So I'll start with my biggest pet peeve, uh, and that's when I, like, walk up to people and, A, before I even get a word out, they shout what they want, <laughs> and or when I walk up and they say, get me this. Oh. <laughs> get me gets me. <laughs> like Gets me gets me? Yeah. Like, you, you know, you just ask for something. Yeah. You, don't, you don't tell me what to do. Which is what? Which is worse between the two? Like if I, I shout, I, I, if I, I shout, Bud Light, please! Like if I at least do it that way, like if I'm walking up to you, like my name is, and you're saying Bud Light, I'm like, ugh. But if I walk up, like, hey, my name's Meg, and you're like, get me a Coors Light, I'm like, do I mean nothing? Like, <laughs> you know, we had uh, Kyle Swindell on here. Did you? Yes, we did, and that was you've actually uh, yeah. you've touched on a similar pet peeve. I don't think it's quite exactly the same. Like his thing is if he greets you, like sometimes you're going so fast, you have to run up and be like, what do you want? Yeah. If it's, yeah high volume. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sure. But if he greets you and you respond with a drink order, yeah. you're dead to him. That's yeah. just like that's awful. End of relationship. But it's the worst. Do you find, do you find, and, and maybe you can't answer this question, but I feel like maybe with your experience working tandem bartending with like you and a guy behind the bar, um, or just managing, do you find that people are maybe more, uh, I don't want to say disrespectful, but short with female bartenders in the sense it's like, get me this, like, or, or maybe I'm maybe not short, but use very particular language of like, get me this, honey, or like, get me that, like, kind of order you around or no? No, I think it's a very even split, really. Okay. It's just more disrespect to the profession in general. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a lot. I think it's you know people that just don't realize that we are two people, and even though this is the industry that 
we've chosen, we still want respect. Yeah, like, assholes. You're like, talking about assholes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't um, just they don't just treat bartenders like that. They treat everyone like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but then moving forward, I think the biggest mis- misconception is that the guest is always right. Oh yeah, mm. fuck that. That is to me like the biggest. Like people walk into restaurants, like if I complain about one little thing, I can get my whole tab or my drink or my food taken <laughs> care of, and it's like. It's so easy to tell those people apart. I feel like, at least on my, on the on the behind the bar, I feel yeah. like I can tell those people apart. Which guest is respectful and right, and which is being disrespectful? Just, and just right. to get something. Um, so that to me is my biggest misconception. Because even as a manager and a bartender, um, yes, the guest should always be taken care of and be like talked down off that ledge and like leave happy. Yeah. But if you order something prepared the way that you specifically chose it to be prepared, yeah, and it comes out that exact way, and you just don't like it, <laughs> yeah, that is not our fault. <laughs> or you try way. something new, you try something new, and you've never tried it before, and you don't like it. Or uh, there's countless other examples right. here. I think what we've tried to do on the show is rewrite some of these codes and like try to explain to the people how maybe it should be understood. So maybe maybe the the sentiment is not the customer is always right. But a respectful customer is always right. Yes. Or I know that's still got a fine line. Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm rolling my eyes over here. The customer is not always fucking right. <laughs> I know you are, but I'm. I'm saying, is there a way that we can kind of rewrite this mantra? You know, I the guy that really uh, trained me bartending, this guy Dennis, when I was at um, Mountain Branch Golf and Country Club back in the day, he used to have a line that he would always say, "Don't let them see you sweat." That was his big thing, and. The, the point of the line was that no matter what chaos is happening with this customer's dish, their drink, um, how busy you are with other tables, part of your job as a front of the house server is to set an atmosphere of like comfortability. Like even if you're not going to be the most gregarious, you're not going to joke around with the guests, you're not even going to make it like set up an experience for them that evening. Um, one of the things you can do is kind of have an air of confidence that everything is fine. You will be taken care of. Your meal is under control. And that's, um, so like in that regard, I understand some of the sentiment of the guest is always right. Is that like, we are going to be accommodating. Right. But like, I, maybe, maybe the sentiment is be accommodating to those who are accommodating to you. (laughs) Do, you know, serve unto others as those (laughs) would treat you nicely or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, what do you think? Because this is this is tough. It's a business that asks you to eat shit. Do you think that there's a better way to train people up than than with the customer's always right mantra? Uh, you know, I do like how kind of you you worded it, where it's like you are accommodating to those who also are accommodating to you. Unfortunately, that just doesn't cover everybody. Yeah. Um. So I feel like you kind of have to take your losses sometimes and just like agree to disagree sometimes i guess i agree uh and just like hold your breath because it's not gonna end well if you try to fight back i shouldn't say fight back but if you try to argue back um, and state your your piece just anytime you try to dispute bad behavior really really the origins of this is it's and i actually think this is less about the customer server interaction this is actually more about a disconnect of management because the people who say the customer is always right, a lot of times are not the ones dealing with the, the customer. <laughs> Correct, right? It's a manager dictating, "Hey, customer is always right. Eat that shit and move on with your day." And mm-hmm. like, you know, you're wrong. 
And and that and unfortunately that manager, that owner is not always dealing with that customer on that, you know, uh, one-on-one interaction that you may be having with right, them. So yeah. what, I, what I think maybe, it comes maybe that's to, just what it is. What I think it comes down to is, you know, in the sentiment of the customer is always right. You have an obligation as the, you know, server or whatever to always treat the customer with respect and be polite, even if that customer is being an asshole. That doesn't mean that that customer gets their way. But like you said, never Correct. let them see you sweat. You always are respectful and polite and treat them with dignity, even if they're being assholes. And, you know, you let it play out. And hopefully you do have a manager that's like, look, I'm sorry, but get the fuck out because we're not going to, yeah. you know, just sit here and deal with your bullshit. And the best the best managers, I think that's what they do, is they don't let you be disrespected. I'll tell you, the best yeah. ones I've ever had is the second somebody starts cursing at one of our yeah. employees, it's over. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what the issue was. You, you don't get to talk, to talk to my people like that. You either need to pay your check and leave, or we will try to resolve dispute, this dispute as amicably as possible. Mm-hmm. But we're not comping your whole check, right. you know, depending on the situation. But Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny, like, th- these past two weeks – opening up a brand new restaurant. Like I've had to deal with a lot of people that come in with all these high expectations and mm. a new restaurant. Yeah. They don't realize that like we are a startup and you know, there are going to be some glitches along the way that mm-hmm. we are still trying to work out. So sometimes people um, come in with this expectation that is not met, which is common across all yeah. grounds, but especially with a new restaurant. And um, I've, I've run into customers this past two weeks that um, I've had to talk off that ledge a lot more than I typically would. Yeah. Um, Whether it be, you know, behind the bar, we're so busy that the person next to the guy that waited an extra minute got served before this guy. And now he's freaking out and, or the food took a little bit longer than these people's expectations. And now I have to try to, you know, calm them down. And it definitely is played off uh, guest to guest on who you cater to and who you are just like, okay, like, calm down. It'll be right. okay. We're talking about food and alcohol and not serving, you know, solving the world's problems. How, how long do you think you can use the excuse that we just opened up? You know I think I mean? at the very most, a month. After a month, I, I feel like after a month, people are like, I don't want to hear it anymore. No, yeah, I think, exactly. I mean, well, okay, fair enough. From a customer standpoint, sure. But I think legitimately it takes 60 to 90 days to get any restaurant oh, to a good place of processes. Mm-hmm. The orders are coming in consistently. You know when you're going to have peak busy times. Yeah. You know when you're what you know what th- what um, orders your customers are ordering a lot of. Like you can go in to a new restaurant and say, hey, guess what our signature dish is? It's a steak. And then guess what? For the first three weeks, nobody orders a fucking steak at all because <laughs> they don't want the steak, right? right? So then you got all this, you know. You, you you base all this inventory and ordering off of something like that and you're shifting. So I think I think solidly a good 60 to 90 days is what a new restaurant needs. And I'm so happy you actually brought this up because you met my father. You know, he and I love him to death. OK, but he is a son of a bitch when it comes to going to restaurants. He's he's got to think about is the Waffle House. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. And you know, it's funny. And he likes Waffle House. That's like his favorite restaurant. That's that's the crazy thing. See, you guys don't understand. Meg's laughing right now about the Waffle House experience, and that is is his favorite restaurant. He still behaves badly there. But anyway, the point is, this man has four children that have been in the service business for quite some time, and he has not found a restaurant that he can go to two times in a row and like. And it and it is a uh, you know a plague in our family. We can never go somewhere that he likes multiple occasions. So. What, what has been consistent over the, the last year of COVID is all these new restaurants opening up, right? New breweries, new things. And, you know, him and my mom going out and trying them um, and experiencing the, the, these new places to eat and, uh, you know, new cuisine. And constantly he's telling me, 
yeah, the service took too long or the food took too long or everything was all chaos in there. And I'm like, dude, you're like exclusively going to soft opening startup restaurants. And you're <laughs> like some, some consistent level of service. Like, dude, go to Applebee's for the next six months until you can like actually try some of these places once they've hit their group. Yeah, that's you know? why I think that's why I think some of our guests have said, if you're going to go out and, you know, be a customer in the service industry, you should have to work in the service industry for like you know, 15 days or something. <laughs> you know, then yeah. you'll get a better You should have idea. a card. We were saying Everybody. it's like a vaccine card. It, so literally, yeah. It's a service industry card. So. For sure. I thought that would be great. All right. Well, question number two, best tips and worst tips. Okay. These are, uh, you know, as simple as it gets. We just want to hear like the extremes of the tipping experience. So, uh, we all have terrible tips. I, I feel like that is... Um, I've never... Everyone loves me. That's easy. You know, I've had people that I've treated so well and everything's come out great that have just left nothing and you just take it take it for what it is. Mm. Um, so I don't really like keep track of those. No. Um, but I, I do have a couple really, really great <laughs> tip, ex- tip stories. Um, okay. One of which... Um, First of all, both of them end in not a great way, but I did make great money both times. Okay. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Uh, the one time um, was when I was working at Earthwood and Fire. This young guy came in and I definitely was like looking for a friend and I was happened to be the bartender that day. And over the course of his four-hour stay at the bar, he tipped me like an, $100 every hour. So at the end of my oh, shift, wow. was, on top of what he had left, it was like $300 that he had left me. And then, you know, with all my other tips, I made some really great money that day. But that person turned into a stalker. So oh, yeah, God. Yeah. that's what I was going to say. If he has that kind of money, he doesn't need to try and make a friend. He just needs to go down to the red light district. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's, an interesting, that's an interesting way to tip. It's not even like well, in a big like He kept like closing out his cab and like leaving for 10 minutes and then he would come back and like start open another tab really? and then like pay another, like tip another hundred bucks. He, he, was, he was in the bathroom snorting some that. rails off the back of the toilet yeah, seat probably. is what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then my other one was um, at Michael's Cafe. This very great regular of mine um, would come in often and around the holidays two or three years ago, handed me $200 in cash and was like, Go Christmas shopping. Take care, you know. Take care of your family. Nice. And I was very grateful for it. He, you know, does a lap around the restaurant and then comes up to me and goes, "But that two hundred dollars is a down payment. Can you please be an escort for me for this holiday party?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You, no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. I hate to disappoint you, but I can I ask you the break in time before conversation one that seems so wholesome and conversation two? <laughs> I mean, this man maybe had enough time to like finish one more drink before he oh. back around to me. Oh, um, God. So, really, so it sounds like his overture the entire time was, you know, the es- was the escort uh, yeah. round. Did he so, use the word escort? Specifically. Oh, See, so you don't. You would say like you. You got to be my date to this wedding or whatever. This party. He says escort, which yeah, has subtle undertones that you're supposed to sleep with them. To my holiday party, so I can look good, and whatever happens afterwards happens afterwards. And I was like, Ugh, no, you're yeah, gross. No. Yeah, no. You How long me. was this guy your regular? Uh, he was still my regular after I said no. So. Yeah, but it was never the same. It was never the same. And, yeah. and, and describe this guy for us, please. Um, yeah, so a very tall, 
<laughs> Theater of the mind only, okay? So we don't need names, but just yeah, like yeah. So physical like a, stuff. You know, tall, very well built man. Um, he's a veteran. Um, Age. And he happened uh, probably in his 50s, 60s. Yeah. But the kicker here is that he had hit the lottery really? a few years Jesus back. So he Christ. came into uh, huge money, like huge money. So that and, that uh, that lottery that lottery money went right to his dick. Uh, yeah, if it, if it puts any like visual to the person that I'm trying to describe, this person drove a sports car to which the license plate said "No Wife" on it. Oh, no, God. No. So, God. Um, I, I won't say anything else wow. about this person. Okay, um, watch out! You're gonna, if if he <laughs> listens to this, you're going to get another stalker. So just be careful here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I mean. I guess you could have, with the license plate, kind of seen that coming. Like, every, all of this coming. Yeah. Um, no, not that in any way you're to blame, but, I mean, that is, like, super douche status. Yeah, absolutely. No, like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it takes to get a vanity license plate? You have to, like, leave your home. You have to drive to the DMV. You have to register that tag with the DMV. You have to then pay for it. You have to wait for that tag to come. I think we're focusing on the wrong thing here, Steve. (laughs) Thought that he's like the whole time he had a chance to change it. He could have like changed that to like bless, you know, God bless or something like that. But he was like, "What are you even saying, right?" You know what? That's what I'm putting on the back of my Corvette, you know. Oh wow, you hit the nail. Was it a Corvette? It was a Corvette. Yeah, Jesus (laughs) Christ, what a fucking tool. I just I love that both of those great tips. They were really just trying to sleep with you. And see, I'll say on the flip side, and maybe I'm wrong. This is just my from my experience. I've had women when I was bartending like hitting on me. They were always older women. But they always they never tipped really well. Like I think that's a yeah. thing that guys will like over, try and overcompensate and give you a really good tip. But the, the women don't do that. Thing. Yeah. Well, it's well. like it's like Trent, it's like Trent was telling us. I think sometimes uh, with you know women try to use their charm on male bartenders yeah. so that they can get out of tipping. Yeah. No, give me your fucking money. I don't want that. Just give me the money. <laughs> that's what I want. All right, number three, worst drink orders. Which I'm actually curious to know what this gentleman drank, what his uh, signature cocktail was. Uh, he actually drank Tangeray 10 and tonic. Okay, that's a good drink. So, wow, okay. Not, not terrible, yeah. not terrible. Tangeray um, 10. Tangeray 10. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about something that just like utterly disgusts me, Yes. I hate it when people order vodka and Diet Coke. Thank you. <laughs> like, the vodka what and are Coke? you? Who hurt you? Or Coke. Or Coke. Yeah, like, <laughs> <Who hurt you? laughs> like, you know. Ugh. Do I need to call Child Protective Services? Like, so bad. Do you need to speak with so them? It's so bad. Um, but I utterly hate when people are like, make me something sweet and fruity. I'm like, just tell me what you want. Yes. Because I can think of a million different things to make you, but I guarantee you the thing that I pick is not going to be what you want. What, if, if they double down and they say, no, really, make me whatever, what do you end up making them? Because I, every time, I just go rum, rum, rum runner, and it's just so much pineapple juice. Yeah, so that's always a go-to, or I just do like a Bay Breeze or a Sea yeah. Breeze, just because it's Malibu, which is already so fucking sweet, yeah. and then juice, so... But yeah, the vodka diet thing or vodka coke is just nasty. I don't understand it. I mean, like conceptually it makes sense, right? Like vodka is a flavorless alcohol. I understand that. You really like diet coke. It's not a flavorless that. alcohol. Okay. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying, but it's no, not. No, I'm just saying that's that's what it's billed as. I understand. Yeah. It has like it's it, it tastes like vodka, but I just mean yeah. 
it, the reason Bach is used for a lot of mixed drinks. Is yeah, because, because it has a very subtle flavor. Exactly. Right. And and I can under I can almost like understand why they're doing that. They like the taste of Diet Coke. The the weird subtle difference is is if you order a vodka and Coke or a vodka and Diet Coke, it's weird. If you ordered a vodka Diet Coke and like splash of grenadine, that all of a sudden doesn't seem as weird to me. If it's like what about, a cherry Coke, what about a uh, vanilla Maybe vodka in a Coke? That's different because that it's like different. a creamy soda or vanilla yeah. Coke or whatever. Then you're making something new. You just mm-hmm. want to taste Diet Coke and have vodka in it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> Again, as as Meg very eloquently put it, who hurt? Yeah. <laughs> also, my one I will also say that like my one old roommate would religiously bring home cherry burnets. Oh like as a grown woman, oh. like a dog. Bring home cherry burnets and drink it with water. And that's oh. and whenever Ch- I that's was, just a cherry vodka. Yeah, but like plastic bottle yeah. vodka. And she would and oh, this is so great. I'm like, Jesus mother of god <laughs> is this the roommate that i'm thinking of yeah, uh, yeah. checks out <laughs> uh, all right question number four um ultimate mistakes and fuck ups these are yours or your co-workers so um i'll go with mine first okay uh i know you got a few of these because you and i share the common gene of clumsy yeah yeah uh growing up my nickname was klutz i had not much has changed i'm still very clumsy um, people make fun of me because I drop drinks all the time. It's just what it is. You have um, to break a glass you when you're not bartending. Yeah, That's exactly. my motto. Um, so <laughs> my, I think the one that resonates resonates with me the, the most was I was serving tables at Earthwood and Fire. It was like a busy Saturday. I was one of two servers for the entire restaurant. We happened to be short, short-staffed that day. And I had a family of 10 come in. And I took the table you know, I'm going around. There happened to be like three young children, one of which was in a booster seat or high chair or whatever. The mom asked me if she can taste the tomato soup that we serve. And I said, of course. Okay. So I'm, you know. A little going, odd, but not like. You know, she wanted to taste it before she ordered. It's understandable. Absolutely. So I said, not- yeah, of course. So I go back. I have a couple drinks in my one hand. You ram and then, you know, a ramic, like a monkey dish, and then something else in my other hand. I go to put something down on the table. And as I do that, I'm not looking at my other hand. And it happens to start to turn. And this scolding hot tomato soup pours right on this little white-headed, blonde-haired child's crown. What are they called? Toe-headed. Toe-headed. Yeah, toe-headed. It had to be the kid with the toe And I don't even realize that it's happening until I hear him scream, and I look back, and there is just scolding hot tomato soup all over the crown of his head. Oh and my so God. I put everything down. I kind of start to freak out. The mom's yelling. So I like run back. What is I, she saying? She's like, oh my God, you're burning my child. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like little to no hair. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. He has little to no hair after the burns? Before. <laughs> so probably. How, how, old, how um, old do you think the kid was? Maybe Ballpark. two. Oh. oh whoa. Oh, we do need to call two. Child Protective Services. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, like of all of the kids that you might be able to spill them on, a toe head? A toe head. That's like a canvas, yeah. man, for red soup. I mean, it's just... It's so, it's just like so jarring, the juxtaposition of the red and the toe Oh, God. It was, I was so embarrassed. I like ran back, grabbed the bag of ice, like go, and I'm like, ah, here. <laughs> you know, like trying to put it on the 
his head. The mother tells me not to touch her child. And I'm like, <laughs> like at this point, like I'm starting to cry because I'm so embarrassed. Uh, so I ended up at, you know, they were, they ended up staying for their meal, but I felt really? obligated Wait, you know to the... pay for their entire nice. meal. So I paid for like this 200 300 oh, God. and I, I was so utterly mortified do you think there was a Wait. moment where as a group they kind of huddled and they were like how much do you think you can get away with it? <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that had to be what it was you, you you've got to know the question that i want to ask i don't did, even know did did she order the tomato soup <laughs> yeah okay. she did not order <laughs> You know it would have been. You know it would have been. would have ordered it and ate it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks great. What, what would have been really funny is if, uh, is if as Meg is running to the kitchen to grab the bag of ice, the mom just starts licking the tomato soup <laughs> off the child. Be Jesus. like, you kill two birds with one stone. I gotta get the top soup off my son. I want to try this shit. Yeah. Then the thing is, that kid for the rest of his life, he will never be able to stand tomato soup. It'll just, he, oh, you know, he, you know, somebody serves up, you know, can of Campbell's. But and he's, he just gonna have, he's just he going to get so triggered. He'll like, sit down in front yeah. of him and he'll just have like, random PTSD things. <laughs> he'll, have this terrible, he'll have this terrible repression for like soupy red objects. So he'll never be able to touch ketchup. He'll have like an entire lifetime where he's been damaged to these sorts of things. He'll meet he's going to end up drinking vodka, Diet Cokes at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. He'll meet the love of his life at the night that he's going to propose. He's got cherry red lipstick on and it's just like it ruins the entire thing and he breaks it off and then, then he goes into a deep hole of depression. He hires a therapist all to find out that after months and months and months of going to therapy, it was that girl at Earth Wouldn't Fire who spilled the tomato soup on my head years ago. See, the, your brother on um, uh, second episode told a story about spilling a bunch of drinks on a little kid, uh, which was hilarious, you know, because it doesn't hurt the kid. But this, you're like actually like pouring scalding hot soup on a baby. And just, just to clarify what Mike said there, Tom's story was hilarious. We weren't <laughs> I don't yeah. know if Mike was saying that. Well, okay, yeah. you're, you're I thought bad. That's pretty person. funny. You're I thought that was pretty person. funny. That's why I walk the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you do like to make young girls cry, so you know it's, it's, it's all you know makes sense. Um, okay, question. Oh, did you have more? I thought you said you had. You were. Gonna... I have more, but we can. No, 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 no. Come on. You all said right, you were going right. to go in on your coworkers. This is a good. Well, category. I realized that my one coworker story I can also use in another question, so I'll just save that okay, one for okay. the other question. But I do have one other one at my. At my one other is this job, you? Is me. Okay. There was a golden rule that if you broke glass or dropped anything, you could not laugh. It oh. was the owner's. It was the owner's rule. Oh, that's yeah, weird. It's not like a fun thing that you guys do. Yeah, as no, a staff. Not like yeah, no, no, no. It was like the rule. That owner would have hated so, less. That, that's a weird. That's a weird rule. <laughs> you know, and and at this one restaurant that I was serving at, I had a full tray of mixed drinks, cocktails, martini glasses, wine glasses, everything. And it just so happened to me that it was like this little cubby area with two swinging kitchen doors. And that's where the service bar was. So you had to be careful when you were turning around. Yeah. Yeah. They're like spring loaded. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm coming around with like nine drinks on a tray and somebody bursts out of the kitchen and knocks the tray out of my hand and they all fall. And just out of pure instinct, I hysterically start laughing because when I get embarrassed, 
I naturally just laugh at myself. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Were you, were you laughing while, when you spilled the soup on the child? Okay, no, I didn't, I didn't laugh <laughs> that time. Yeah. laughing as you run back to the kitchen. Do you, do you remember the story where she said that she started crying? Those were yeah, not big, tears. Yeah. So, I, I laughed when I put the ice she in the was back a little bit. so hard in the kitchen she started bursting. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, uh, so I dropped this tray. I started laughing hysterically, and I go to turn around to pick everything up as I am laughing, and I look up, and the owner is standing right there. Oh, God. And he, I look up, and I just, like, my face goes blank, and he goes, I heard you laugh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, it's like an involuntary reaction. Like, yeah. I'm really, really sorry. And he did not find it funny at all. I ended up having to pay for that whole tray. Of what? What a fucking for asshole. The gla- for the glassware. Not I don't give a shit. Glassware. Fuck him. What a but douche. He was like, I warned you. And I was like, okay. What about, goes, what about the guy? What the fuck? And I was like, God damn it. I, what about I, the employee still... who busted out of the kitchen? Apparently, I didn't yell loud enough that I was coming around. So. That is. That, uh... that was for me because like, it would have been one thing had he not seen it. Like, I would have like been like oh that was a big mistake but i would have like been able to like wash my hands of it mm. the fact that like i was hysterically laughing and then looked up to this man and he was just like beating down on me and i was like oh i fucked up that is such a strange rule it is i'm still i can't get over it you bet if you drop anything you better not laugh like what 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 are you talking what happened to you yeah. you know who, who well, are you? i was just gonna say what, what happened to that guy's child <laughs> maybe somebody who looks just like you spilled soup on him. you never know yeah. um <laughs> forever haunted by that little child Okay, well, <laughs> oh, no. this is a good transition. Seeing as how spilling soup on infants is not necessarily a health code violation, but definitely <laughs> frowned upon. Number five, health code violations. Again, we have a rule for this category. Protect the innocent. And the guilty. Especially the guilty. Yes, especially. Um, so I attended bar at this uh, watering hole in Baltimore County. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I know that this has come up on this podcast before. So uh, sometimes we hide the identity. Sometimes we don't, you know, I'll, I'll hide the identity just, just for the sake of this place. Uh, because I, you know, I still like going to this place. I was, there the other day. Yeah, I was too. I was there. The other when day. Were you there? Uh, like last. Okay. Steve, we don't need to know when she was there. <laughs> I wasn't there. Oh, my God. Anyway. anyway. Thank you for that snippet, Steve. Thank (laughs) you. Sorry. So, uh, this place, um, (laughs) to be completely honest, I have no idea how they ever passed the health code violation (laughs) or health code uh, inspection. I don't either. Um, I mean, like, holes that led to this disgusting basement in the bar floor, um, amongst many of other things. But the one thing that I don't think I will ever ever be able to forget was i was tending bar on a sunday i had brought my own lunch thinking i was going to be healthy and i went to go put it in the microwave and i nuked my lunch for a solid two or three minutes and when i opened that door three cockroaches ran out of the microwave alive alive scurried out and i was like well a i'm not eating today and b how the did they survive that? I mean, supposedly they can survive like nuclear radiation. So, God. Yeah, I, was, a nuclear I walked out right? to the bartender that I was working with that day and I was like, dude, what the fuck did I just witness? I can't even think about food, oh let alone seeing any food come out of this kitchen at the moment. Oh, my so God. All these people that I'm about to serve, knowing that 
cockroaches just survived a three minute long like nuke. That's some Adams family shit. That's what that is, right? There. That, is that by far to me is like the biggest like I don't think I've ever eaten from that place after that. Really? Uh that's a lie. I don't think I've ever eaten anything other than the, uh, the, the separate the, items. The they separate prepare. items they prepare. They're specialty items. They're specialty items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just yeah. say that. I will, I will still, you know, it's. The things that I can watch them prepare. Look, the things that I have seen behind the scenes in that place have absolutely grossed me out, for sure. And that's a tip of the iceberg. What Meg is talking about there is very consistent with, I think, just about everybody's experience who's ever worked there. However, um, I'll still eat there. I'll eat there every day, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat two things off that menu and I'll that's it. There, man. um, but look, Trent, who was on here, Trent Pruitt, our, our uh, wonderful guest from New Orleans, you know, I think he put it best. If you uh, like New Orleans and you want to go visit there and you want to eat the food there, make Pete's. Uh, Pete's? Make Pete's. Make, <laughs> make Pete's. There you go. Uh, no, make Pete's that uh, rats are right around the corner. You're going to have that. They're just in the restaurant that you're in. Make peace with it, okay? And, and, and see a mouse scurry across the floor, like, oh, there's Jerry. Let's go, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's one thing to purposefully bring your own food, knowing that you can eat and feel okay about what it's you're safe. eating. It's safe. It wasn't it's safe. Right. And then that happens. Yeah, that's pretty wild, man. That's that's a that's just cockroach rodeo at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. All right, well. That's a good one, I think, to send us into the break. I need another Gimlet. Mine went way too quickly, so I think we're going to need to mix up like a double yeah. on this second Let's one go. here. Um, so why don't we take a little break? Mike, have a dart. We will see you in just a second. We're going to mix up a few more Gimlets. We're going to take a little halftime. We'll be right back with question number six. Okay, we are back. What a halftime it was. I would like to tell you guys that, you know, we had a ton of laughs and some shots, but honest to God, you know, we just talked more about Mike making those 20 year old girls at the Humane Society <laughs> cry. You know, that's the, that's the truth. Just because, I mean, my co-host is not a good person. And, and, and really, I'm excited. I, honest to God, I, I think that the bartender rant um, industry night is going to be very cathartic for me it's going to validate a lot of the things that you've heard here on the pod that even though i'm the straight man he's the asshole and and i'm really hoping that that comes to light but we'll 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 find that out in due time um let's get right back into it question number six if mike was a customer he'd be ratchet and crazy um tell us about the when, when mike's a customer when mike's ratchet, a customer, and crazy. ratchet and crazy um tell us about some of the ratchet and crazy customers you've encountered over time or we've also expanded this category mike tell her what else you can kind of memorable customers customers that leave an impression on you that leave an impact on you that you maybe want to shed some light on because they were they were special or kind um so I'll say that I've been like pretty blessed to have just like a bunch of really great people and not a ton of, of ratchet customers. Um, but it's funny that this comes up because I had my one of two times where I've ever been violated by a guest has happened to me in this past week. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I'll go back to the first time, which was when I was at the pizza place. That same stalker that I had mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, 
she or he uh was I was about to say this story just took a turn. <laughs> he um he was barred for a while because he was taking things a little too far and was making me uncomfortable at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um to the point where like he was shouting like profanity at me and yes. my guests. Like the absolute In in what context? Um, just like make believe. Let me just say, this person was sick in the head. Like he clearly okay. had some issues and um, some delirious thoughts. What he thought happened that I can promise never happened. <laughs> um, he was, he, but he was like, a, he was, he was angry at you he, and yelling. He was at you. angry because uh, I like cut that relationship, friendship off because it was going away that I was not interested in it going. So he came to your work to, so to resolve to it. What a, what a great guy. He was, I told him that he wasn't allowed back for a while. He disappeared for a while, came back. Because you know if you really care about somebody, yelling at them at their job is, is the best a, way to win. It's a way to show you care. Good yeah. way to win so, uh, so I'll just say that for, the, for right now because I think this story also cycles into the next question. But I will go to the second time that I ever had like an occurrence like this ever happened to have a ratchet customer was actually this past Sunday at my new job. I was behind the bar, tending bar, and a man came in and shortly after he came in, a woman came in and he picked up, I, they knew each other um, and their relationship was kind of odd uh, in, in the beginning. Um, Where did they sit at the bar? Or the table? They sat at the bar together. Okay. So I was like face to face with these people he picks up their first round, and then shortly after he closes out their round, another woman shows up and sits down next to him on the other side. Okay. So, of course— both, the, both women are there. Both women are there. and So I'll say okay. that there's a blonde woman that was the first lady, and then there was a brunette that showed up second. And that's all I'll say about these two people. I'll refer to them as blonde and brunette. Okay. He closed out the blonde in his tab and then starts a tab with the brunette. And when she shows up, the blonde lady turns her back to him. And they have no other, like, interaction now that this woman's there. From the time that he closed out their tab, she, like, took this, like, crazy spin to where she, like, started talking to herself. Yeah, the blonde. Started talking to herself, was, like, head down at the bar. But I only served her one drink. So she orders another beer from me. As she orders another beer, she drinks about a quarter of it and... The brunette and the man get up and walk out. And as they walk out, she storms out and follows them. Well, now she's walked out on her tab. And she was like muttering. Yeah, she was like definitely muttering to herself. So I don't know if like there were other substances involved, if she had drank prior, but she seemed 100% okay up until this point. So I walk out after her. And I'm like, hey, excuse me, ma'am, you just walked out on your tab. I need I just need you to come in and close your tab out. And when I say that, all hell breaks loose. And mind you, I'm at like a pretty upscale restaurant. Okay. So I get her. She comes back over to me. She's kind of stumbling. She's slurring. She like hands me her credit card. So I walk inside. She follows me in. And it was as if I was asking her to pay a tab that was like three or $400. Mind you, she had a beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ma'am, your beer is sitting right here. This is what you ordered. You did not finish it. I just need you to pay for it. Then you can be on your way. And when I say these things to her, she just like unleashes whatever is going on in her life. 
and right, yelling right, at right. me, I never ordered this. I didn't drink beer while I was here. I had yeah. wine the whole night. And I was like, ma'am, you definitely never drank wine while you were with me. You only drank beer. She's like nudging me. And I, you know, I'm standing. She actually starts touching you? Starts touching me. I'm like, first of all, ma'am, you need to take your voice from this 10 That's that you're assault at. right there. Down yeah. to a three because people are trying to, you know, enjoy their meal. And second of all, you have no right to touch me. This is a so, soft opening. So, this is not a loud yeah, we're opening. We're not even. Yeah. So at that point, I tell her to stop touching me, and now I make my way into the bar, like behind the bar itself, because to, I to was use like, that I as want a buffer. A buffer. And mm-hmm. when I do that, she's like, "You need to come out from behind this bar. You need to approach me. We need to have a conversation." What? And I'm like, "Ma'am, I am glad to do that. As soon as you sign your check, like I have it, I'm gonna dispute this payment. I want to see the video footage." And I was like, "I want to see the video." <laughs> I was like, "Ma'am, what is it? You're requesting to see. You got a subpoena this year. But I have 15 people sitting at the bar, all of which saw you order and drink this." And walk out on your tab. So she's now yelling, like yelling, yelling, screaming, just like absolute, like absurd things. Like, F this place. You're never going to survive here. Blah, blah, blah. So I come out (laughs) front door and I'm like, ma'am, I'm going to ask you for like the fourth time now to lower your voice. You have no reason to scream at me and just sign your tab and leave. And at that point, she turns to me, literally grabs me by my face. What? Like up under my ear, so his shakes me and calls me a fucking bitch. Get the fuck out of here! Are you serious? I, I have never in my <laughs> ten years of bartending. How do you even get mad? I'm so... in a certain position. Ever have I ever violated like this? I'd be so confused. So like, I rip her arms down to get her out, and like, I, do you physically like? I like rip her arms down. And I'm like pushing her. Is anybody like, else involved at this point? So like, the other server that was like a guy server comes out. He's like, Meg, let me handle it. And I was like, No, I'm gonna handle this. And he was like, no. <laughs> My face starts to get like when I get heated and like you know mad. I get very. Rude. I worked at the Italian ice stand. I can. <laughs> Yeah. You don't even know it. Bob down the bar. <laughs> you, don't even, you do not fuck with Bob and, and the bar. You, no. you do not fuck with the bar. You have no idea what you've done. So we, we get her out and she's screaming the entire way out. You're the fucking reason this place is never going to make it. It's you. <laughs> and so we get her out. I like close the door. I lock it. I apologize to the guests that are sitting at the bar, all of which are like, you're a fucking G for handling and not hitting this woman <laughs> yeah. in the face. Yeah, like, not knocking right? like, I wouldn't call that a fight because there was no, like, actual... I didn't... Back and forth, yeah. Back. But, uh... Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, absolute insanity, like, this woman's in her 40s, maybe even 50s, to come out to a public place, present herself, to which she is a very... She is a person of a very high-up position at a very well-known company. Really? Uh, yeah. To act like that. Well, not to mention, like, it, it was her choice of assaulting technique that really throws me off guard. She didn't sucker punch you. She didn't try to kick you. She didn't try to push you. She grabbed your face like Adam Sandler in Billy Madison grabs yeah, yeah. the fat kid's face and yeah. goes, don't ever leave here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you forever. Yeah, except she's like, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah, and, you know, I had, I had friends of the owner sitting at the table next to them trying to their first time at the restaurant trying to enjoy their meal and this is what mm-hmm. they're encountering 
So we get her out and I'm like, I'm not really sure how I need to handle this right now. So I call the owner immediately. I'm like, just in case you catch wind of what just mm-hmm. happened. Look at the cameras. This is what went Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Check the video footage. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, Jesus Christ. So uh, he's like, all right, I'll talk to the lawyer. We had, I ended up having to have a, a very nice meeting with a police officer the next day. Oh and now this God. woman has, I have a year to file second degree assault charges. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I, I do I do plan to call her place of work and tell them that she is doing an absolute phenomenal job representing their company. Yeah, <laughs> as, as as well you should because yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what um, there are probably some people listening right now that's like oh you're gonna tattletale on somebody for bad behavior here's the fact that's a drop in the bucket if she's doing that to a female bartender in a bar where she feels comfortable Lord knows what else she's doing. Exactly. Lord knows if she's getting high, she's driving drunk, she's doing, you know, she's, st- you know, walking out on tabs and technically stealing from other places. I mean, at, at some point, the buck's got to stop. With, with Yeah, and this, it, it seems like it all started with uh, the, the guy other, and the other girls. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad okay. you brought that up, Mike, because you go ahead. I'm going to let you have the floor here. Well, I just, like, I hate to be this guy, but, like, are these three people objectively attractive? Uh, if I'm being completely honest, like, the gentleman... Uh, in this occurrence, isn't isn't you know middle to you know in his mid forties fifties, and he's not ugly by any means for his age. He's not he's um, not a, he's not like a leading man in Hollywood, but he's not bad looking. But he's yet. not bad. He's not bad looking. Uh, okay. I'll tell you, the brunette was more attractive than the blonde. Okay. Oh. But here's the thing. <laughs> you should have yelled that at her <laughs> when she was leaving. <laughs> the brunette was more attractive than you, bitch. <laughs> and this is what I tried to explain to the staff, especially being like the bartender and the manager. I don't want that anybody to think that this is how you need to handle all situations. Right. In all essence, it was a very small tab, and I could have just let it go. And no, at that point, it was it was a sure. pr- it was the principle of the matter. It was the principle of the matter, and yeah. these two. Well, it's also women, how she handled it. Yes, too, but sure. these two people, the blonde and the gentleman, are also people that frequented my frequented frequented frequented. I guess frequented. <laughs> they visited my last yes, job. Frequented, frequented, frequented. I've never heard frequented. Fuck you. Yeah, I can't pronounce. You're from the plains. They were regulars at my last job, so I knew their faces, and I know this woman well enough to know that she has pulled similar things in the past Mm. at other restaurants, which is to why I. So you've heard she's got she's notorious. She got a reputation. She has a reputation. Uh, Not anywhere near as aggressive as that. But she's definitely had the the rap of going out and walking out on tabs. Yeah, I will tell you this. They're they're always, uh, especially where you and I have worked, York Road. I mean, York Road is. I mean, we. Uh, I've I've had a bartender once call uh, tell me that it was called the Stumbler's Paradise because it is a strip of road leading from Towson, Maryland, out like north toward Hunt Valley, and there's just bar after bar after bar after bar on there. But it's not like what you think of. As Not like a, bar town. a strip of bars. What I mean yeah. by it's a bar and then there's a strip mall and then there's another bar and then there's a strip mall and then there's a Best Buy and then there's a bagel shop. And then there's a flower mm. shop and then there's a bar and then yeah. there's a Mr. Tire, right? And a Coles. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like it's quintessential like middle America like retail. And then there just happen to be these staple bars like all along the way, all along the way. And so you can drive up and down or you can walk up and down and you can commit all, you know, all these these acts of heinous behavior and 
very quickly you will get a reputation on that street and people will know you even if you have not been into a particular bar. And I mean, I'll name some of them right now. I mean, it's it's Point Still, it's Time uh, Town Tavern, it's High Tops, it's the Coop, it's Michaels, you know, Bluestone, Ocean Pride. You know, I think even the diner. I mean, yeah. I know it's not really a bar, but um, you know, and and Mezcal now. You know, there's all these different places, uh, and I think it's you. You start behaving badly in one, it comes around to the rest of them very quickly. Watch out for this girl or guy. Um, and the thing like is, like asshole. we're all pretty close knit, you know, no doubt like, to an extent. Like I know almost at least one person that works at every single one of those oh, yeah. restaurants, all the way up and down York Road. Even if you don't like one of the other ones, they might drink at your bar. Yeah, of like course. even if you don't go to theirs. So it's so. even like as much as like, oh, a cadet was in tonight. Like, watch out. Like we always are looking oh, out yeah. for each other. Yeah, you hear so, that. So a you know, cadet? Yeah, like a, like an like undercover cop, like, like a sting operation. They yeah. send the young cadets. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They, a lot of times, cadets actually are underage. They're nineteen or twenty year old police officers that'll mm. come in, try yeah. to order a drink if you don't car- yeah, yeah. serve them, you get a fee. And then you get hit. Um, so like that was one of the first things I did was I messaged my like bar group that I'm in and I was like, yo, if you see this woman, I have a picture. Here's her picture. Watch out because she's she's on another level. Well, before we move on, I mean, I have to ask you, what do you think the dynamic was? And do you think it was Mm. a love triangle? So I I thought if it it, just based off of observation, I would like to think that probably the, the gentleman and the blonde. We're having a little side affair just based off of what I saw and how they were interacting and like being very touchy and flirty with one another. Mm. And then as soon as the brunette showed up, like she turned her back and then it like the women Whoa, okay, to so one another and then like they left. It was I don't think funny. I got that the first time. So did the were the two um, I don't want to say the two women was the brunette aware of the blonde. She was aware. You could definitely tell that she was also aggravated that she saw this blonde there. Ah. Because so, of the way that the brunette and the man were interacting. So now here's my guess. Now that you've given me all the pieces to the puzzle, here's my guess. Okay? Yay, speculation. Let's go. <laughs> Reck- reckless speculation. As they say on the Dan Levin Star Show, reckless speculation. Right. Um, I think that the man is either dating currently or married to the brunette Agreed. that the blonde may have been a side piece Agreed. and that the narrative that he is shilling out or, you know, uh, the narrative or there's, th- there is another scenario, but the narrative that he's shilling out is the blonde is now an ex-girlfriend. I've broken her off. Yeah. I'm not talking to her anymore. In fact, the reason I've come here tonight is to let her know it's over. And that's why it was, the brunette still came in, saw that she was there, but didn't still left with him. Yeah. Knowing that like, Hey, I'm like, a, I guess the winner of this love triangle. Right. And like, he's broken off with her. And maybe that's what drove her to the point of being pissed off. And acting. I don't know. I don't know that's if I agree thing. with you. I I think he's fucking both of them and he doesn't have a commitment to either one. And Ooh. the brunette won that night. That's yeah. That night? That, awesome. that night? Let me tell you something. Yeah. You're not going to get yourself back in his good graces if you're in jail. Uh, all right. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah, but dude, I'm just saying crazy girls like that know how to fuck. So, I mean, you wow. know, he's probably going to see have, her again. You always right when I think that you can't take, a, you know, a, <laughs> another step down into the gutter. You, know? you find a way. You find a way, my friend. Well, this uh, is like my fourth gimlet. Give me, give me a break. Oh, uh, wait, wait. What's that? I'm sorry. Did, that's your fourth I didn't gimlet? slur a goddamn thing. Uh, yeah, I can drink as many as I want. Oh, yeah. 
It's all about how it affects my speech. I think we need to get you a breathalyzer. I have one. I'm going to yeah. send it out to you for the last couple episodes. All right. Well, look. In that case, let's have you do some more talking. Why don't you tee her up for question number seven? All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we already kind of touched on this, but fights, arrests, and fires. Now, you've known Steve, so you might already know that Steve loves a good fire story. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, like you said, that really wasn't a fight. It could have really turned into one quite easily. But do you have any other fight, arrests, or fire stories? Yeah. For so, us? like I noted in the in the last question, which I said I was going to cycle back to, was um, that same gentleman that tipped me $300 over the course mm. of his four hours who became my stalker that got put out that um, months after he had not shown his face decides to show up at my bar. Uh, so he comes in that night and I turn around and I see him and I look at him and I'm like, you have one shot. The moment that you cross the line, you're done. Like, I don't want you here. You've behaved for the last That's particularly benevolent. So. You know, I was like, you've behaved. You haven't shown your face in the last six months. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You can stay. But the moment you cross the line with me, like, you're done. So he Mm. sits down. He's like, okay, I promise. It's a busy Friday night. Every single bar seat and every single table in the bar that I'm working at the time is filled. He orders a couple beers. He's fine. Nothing bad's happening. And then his buddy shows up. And I guess when his friend shows up, this gentleman decides he is ready to, like, grow a pair. <laughs> and, oh, he's got to show off. Yeah, he's got to show, show off. So, you know, the, the friend sits down, orders a beer. The gentleman in, in that I'm referencing to finishes his and orders another one. And after that, he starts bantering things at me across the bar. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, little inappropriate things. He's not saying it loud enough to where people around him can really hear, but he's saying it when I'm directly in front and of him. And you're probably, bi- you're busy, so it's also well, I'm busy, so I'm like, whatever. I'm just like going to let Wait, it go. Wait, can, can you give us an example of some of the, something that he was saying? Just an example. I mean, like, this is the fucking bitch that cut me off. Like, this is, you know. Oh. She, he's saying she that. Le- yeah, so he's she saying shit like this to, to his, his friend. friend. But loud enough that I could hear it, but oh. not loud enough that the guests Oh, what a hear. fucking punk. You know. She led me on, like, all this stuff, which I'll just defend myself in this moment. Like, if I'm not into you, I'm going to be straightforward and be like, no, which is exactly what I Yeah, I, I don't did. think that describes you no. at all. Yeah, I, so I've I'm never, a super you know, outspoken person. I'm going to say exactly what's on my mind, and me leading somebody on is not one of I've my also, Yeah, I think, I think everybody that has listened to this knows that you did not lead this guy on. Yeah. I think we've all, sure. we all, you don't have to defend yourself. I, we, I, we I know. Wanna, I just want to put a little back. Well, I never. I can jump to your defense too. I think a lot of bartenders, like I will raise my hand as the number one culprit. Like I use flirting for my my like to get my tips up. But I would. Flirting, flirting is so different than anything else. Yeah, but I wouldn't even really consider you like a a flirt in general. Like you're just you're very laid back. Yeah. Like your personality with girls and guys. I, I so. I, I don't I could never see a scenario where you're like intentionally leading them on. Yeah, that's crazy. No. Um anyway, he's you know saying these things and I walk up and I'm like, I just want you to know you're skating on thin ice right now. Yeah. You know, I yeah. give him I give him the little nudge to back up. And mm-hmm. after I say that, I turn around, my back is now to him, and I'm no. putting something in the computer. No. And at that moment, he says something else and I can't remember exactly what he says. And I turn around with a checkbook and I'm like, here's your check. You're done. You need to leave. Like Mm -hmm. you've said enough. You're making a scene now. I'm over this. 
So I turn back around, go back to the computer, and as I turn around, he proceeds to pick his checkbook up and throw it at me. So it hits me in the back of my head in front of everybody. And at that moment, I turn around and I go get my the, the owner of the restaurant. And I pull him up to the bar. I'm like, I need you to observe what's going to happen because I want to get this guy out of here. Those I want you to watch me bitch slap yeah, this motherfucker. No. <laughs> so the, get the your owner, camera out. The owner comes up and um, is watching from the end of the bar. And I'm telling this guy that he needs to leave. Like, he's got to pay. And he looks down to the bar and sees the owner. And he goes, and this mm-hmm. guy's watching me. And I know my rights. So at that oh, point, I'm like. Yeah. I'm so not like, be watched in a private business? I literally looked at him and I was like, for your information i actually have the right to tell you to leave no matter what like yeah. you don't have to do anything right or wrong i can just be like i don't want you to yeah. leave so when i yeah. tell him that he like throws this stink so now the owner is now walking his way around the bar and goes up to him and is like yo you gotta go you're offending my staff you're making her uncomfortable and now you're disturbing the, the peace of like the yes. people that are trying yeah. to enjoy their meal and at that moment this guy picks up his beer chugs it and then proceeds to spit it in the owner's face what and just a little backstory on the owner the one owner of this restaurant one of the sorry one of the owners of this restaurant he's big he ain't a small little like scrawny dude like he's a big dude so at that moment the owner puts him in a headlock throws him to the ground and is like Full Nelson just like choking this guy out to the point where the <laughs> friend is like, he can't breathe. Like, let him go. And everybody around is like freaking out. The kitchen staff hears a debacle going on. And now all five yeah, the of kitchen the kitchen staff. guys. Yeah. And you know, and listen, and, you know, the kitchen staff can fight. Okay. Yeah. Because They're ready to roll. There's, there's two that. things. There's two, well, three things you should know about the kitchen staff. A lot of those people are on parole. Yeah. Number two, They'll come out with a knife in hand. Yep. And number three, there's always that guy in the kitchen that's got nothing to lose. Exactly. <laughs> he has nothing to lose. Man. So all like nine of these kitchen people like run up, like have my back. They're like ready to hop on this dude. And this guy is now turning purple in the face. And the oh, friend's shit. like, please let him go. And and the owner goes, if I let you go, are you going to behave? And you just get, like, this little glimpse of, like, a nod out of the guy. Like, this last little, like, bit of life comes back, and he, like, nods. So we let him go, and he, like, gasps for air and stands up. And now the owner's pushing him at his back to get out of the restaurant. And this guy had a last glimpse of, like, hope to get his fight back in, turns around, and just cocks the owner straight what? in the face. Oh my Does he God. get it? Does he get it? Oh, he gets him. Oh, shit. He gets him, and he gets him good. Oh, shit. And so at this point, I'm now full-on hyperventilating, crying. Yeah. I feel like I've caused this whole big scene. Oh, I tried to settle it, and now this guy is like, you know, the cops get called. So we press charges. He had like a wait, 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 wait so, slow How down. Does it get resolved? So he, 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 yeah, he, he but he hits the guy. What what does the owner do after he gets so the, the kitchen like, staff like kitchen jump staff, on? Staff, like hold him down. We get him yeah. like a, a lock so that he can't move his arms. The friend's freaking out, and so the cops get called, and the cops end up arresting him, 
I, I don't know whether they take him home or take him away. I, I didn't get mm-hmm. that part. But I do remember being served a couple weeks later. Or we, like, got served papers because we pressed charges. So, like, they gave us papers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got so the owner and I both right. had to show up to court, uh, to which we put, uh, like, pressed, I guess, pre- oh, can we take that part? It's out? okay. Yeah. We'll shake it out. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. The owner <laughs> uh, pressed charges, and then we got a restraining order on that person so that... Can't come back no to longer Russia. allowed yeah. to come back, and then that was God. the end of that. But that was like my biggest like <gasps> fight story ever. You know what? I am so. I, this is one of those moments where naturally, as we do the pod, we have uh, um, a full circle answer to a question from earlier. Okay, so I mm-hmm. asked, I asked you earlier, is there a better way to teach? Um, restaurant workers that the guest is not always ready. <laughs> and I think you've really hit the nail on the head with this story. And, for, and, and it's for this reason. You tried yeah. more than you ever should to be kind yeah. to this individual, to extend them grace, to give them so many extra chances. If that is not, I, I mean, if that is not going out of your way for the guests comfort and experience i don't know what is frankly that rule should not apply really ever but it really shouldn't apply to a female bartender who does not feel safe in her own workplace and you still went out of your way to allow this guy to try to have a decent time in the Mm -hmm. bar and he fucked it up and this is why this is why at some point the guess is not always right you have to draw a line and it's not you know it's not your fault that any of that happened that guy uh, got grace from you and did not, you know, did not make the best of it, unfortunately. Well, and so so badly, I just want to call this guy such a piece of shit. But it's it's like you said, this guy has he's got some mental issues. Yeah. This guy, he honest to God needs to get some help because like that is just not a way that a healthy person operates, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm really sorry that you had to deal with that. But good news. You actually uh, gave us the first real arrest story on the podcast. Woo! So thank you very much. <laughs> is that right? We've never, yeah, had Emily, a complete, we've never had a complete. Arrest. Yeah, Emily talked about some guys getting arrested by from jumping in the harbor, but it wasn't like interaction. Like this was the first actual yeah. somebody getting arrested that interacted directly with the uh, with the bartender. So yeah, thank you very much for that. That's awesome. Well, Mike, tear up for number eight. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's let's change the change the mood a little bit. Let's talk about sex stories. Wait, wait. Change the mood. What? Change the mood a little bit. I, you go fuck yourself. We're going to check the video footage and I will be vindicated, okay? <laughs> um, <second laughs> what, what kind of laugh was that, Steve? What are your I fucking no weirdo? I, 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 I think I just coughed up. I think you're a drug asshole. <laughs> I think I just coughed up half my giblet. I, I don't drink vodka. Vodka doesn't do well with my system. But, um, no. <laughs> We are talking about sex stories. Okay. You know how this business is. Creates yeah. a lot of friction. Mm-hmm. So this, again, you know, protect the innocent and the guilty. Yeah, but yeah. this is you or others, some stories that you have encountered. Um, well, just for the fun of it, I'm just going to make it about me. Bang! <laughs> there you go. Might as well. Um, so no, I, I, saw, I saw you biting your lip as you were <laughs> thinking about this question. So, <laughs> Um. I, I I don't have a ton, don't get me wrong, but uh, I have one that really sticks out to me, and it was at one of the first places that I worked at in the restaurant industry, and uh, I had gained a very friendly relationship with one of the guys that worked at that 
restaurant on the 14th floor. And um, one of the um, one of the retirees that lived in yeah, the not, home? not an actual retiree, oh. <laughs> but one of the employees that, <laughs> that happened to be one While of down there, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> that happened to be one of the owner's sons. Oh. Um, and we had like this, you know, flirty, whatever relationship. And one day we were in between like the lunch and the dinner. So we shut down for a couple hours and I didn't have a car at the time. So we were like, Oh, we'll just like hang out here, whatever. He's like, I'll take you to this really cool place. We ended up taking me to like the rooftop of this building. And, um, I won't go into a ton of detail, but we definitely, uh, it was very cold and we definitely did some things that we probably shouldn't have done in that temperature. Yes. Uh, up there on the roof, like exposed rooftop, like not in like a look, like it was like metal, like industrial rooftop. Yes. Thing. Um, I mean, what better use for a rooftop, you know yeah. what I mean? Not yeah. an old folks home. Uh, but I, I mean, I know tons of stories of people like having sex in walk-ins and, you know, hooking up in the basement of places and, you know, wherever. But It's that, unavoidable. It's it, unavoidable. It really is. But that's, that's really, that was my first restaurant sexual encounter. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like, uh, there's nothing like coming back to a table um, and, and the guy that you're serving, like, you know. Uh, chicken noodle soup too as he's popping his viagras and you've just had sex you know 10 feet above him on the roof of his retirement home i mean that's you know that's that. those damn raccoons up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah some guy thinks he's going senile <laughs> mr johnson we've told you there's no raccoons on this building okay it's a skyscraper it's 14 stories what are you talking about uh, that's good, Somebody's right? killing pigeons. <laughs> killing pigeons. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, number nine: bar hazing, pranks, and games. Mike and I's favorite category. How do you kill time when you're at the bar? And, and Besides having sex on the roof. <laughs> it was one time. <laughs> and, and putting cus- and 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 and, uh, and putting customers in headlocks. You know. Um. So I don't have a ton of these, but. Uh, when I was at my one spot, we would do the spoon like joke where we would like catch, like, grab a spoon and like try to slip it into a server's pocket or like back pocket. Yeah. Like, the point where like they would have like four or five spoons in the their pocket and not realize, just like be walking, yeah. which is not like yeah. that bad of a bar hazing or whatever. But like, no, no, but it's perfect. That's like a little like innocent fun that we would do. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, yeah, my but that's favorite, what we're talking about with killing time. Yeah. You know, just stupid things. Yeah. My favorite was when I was at Michael's, uh, a, a couple of the bartenders and I would rename the food runners. So when they would drop food at the table, we'd be like, thanks, Ezekiel. And it would be like, you know, the the whitest guy ever. And his name then thanks, Jacoby, or like, you know, whatever. And they would like look up like, yeah, and like have no idea what you were doing. Or, be very confused. You know, we would name them like the most like out of this realm name, and be like, "Thanks for dropping our food." Blah blah. Right, and you know, sixteen-year-old food runners don't actually have personalities, so it's not like they're gonna like open their mouth or like talk back to you. They're just gonna be really strict. 
confused and maybe confront you about it like yeah. six hours later. So that was always yeah, like or the, six years. That was always like the fun of our like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night when we were so busy and like, okay, I like, like that one. whatever the first like very odd name that would come to our head, we would name that to whomever was dropping our food. And even if that person happened to be the person that yeah. dropped your appetizers, and now they have another name yes. dropping your entree. Needs a side of ranch stat. Why don't you get back to the kitchen? And they're like Methuselah. He said his name was Ezekiel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, he goes by his middle. Name. That was his twin. It's his twin brother. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really as far as as my like bar games go. When you talk about, yeah, but no, that's the point though. It's like it's it it sounds so stupid, but when you're a part of it, it it just kind of it gives you a little bit of extra energy throughout the night. It makes things just a little bit more interesting. I do have one question. What was your high score for spoons? Uh, I personally, I, I wasn't very good at this game, to be completely honest. Oh, I, and this doesn't surprise me that she's not good at this game because did I mention she was clumsy? She also loud. Okay. All right. She's Class, not yeah. naturally like I can't control. The CIA myself. is never going to sign up her or I to be spies for this country. Okay. Because <laughs> we're going to trip on a landmine and we're going to probably spill all the secrets. Like <laughs> my personal high was three. I got three spoons in somebody's pocket. What? And then you started laughing like they heard well, you laugh. Well, by the fourth one, I'm like, I, I'm like, <laughs> Do this without it hitting the other spoons. <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. And, we, and, we had yeah, so then follow up follow up question. So how many spoons did you find in your pocket? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, Michael. So I don't, this guy I don't, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Mike, I take back everything I said about you being drunk. I love how engaged you are. Right? Uh, forever? No. Forever? <laughs> no. so, so when I'm in the heat of my like busyness, like I don't pay attention to much around me. So my high was seven. But like two of my pockets. Yeah, we we heard you. Uh, we heard the story about you spilling stuff on the kid. I'm sorry, yeah. we're lagging out a little bit on on the Google Meets. But uh, I'm sorry. How many spoons did you I say? I had seven spoons. Nice. I had three right. in one pocket and four in another pocket. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. And I was like, "What the fuck, guys? Come on!" I, like I created this. <laughs> so we had. That's awesome. We had a guest on the pod that I know you know. Um, I'm just going to call him Zach um, f- to protect his identity. Um, but, you know, good friend, lived with me for a while, also worked at the old the spot, yep. you know, when we first met that I was working at. Um, and, you know, Zach actually works with me now. You know, he got he got a job with us now and uh, up at Dallas Beer Hall, and we're having a good time up there. And when you talk about the spoons game, which seems so simple, right? But it's just like camaraderie mm-hmm. killing time. We played, yeah. we played a, cla- a classic game of how many pieces of duct tape we could get on his back the other day, you know. <laughs> and we started, running. yeah, because he's the trap. He's the trap king. He is the trap king, right? He has. He's the very, tra- he can't even reach him. He he's can't got reach back. Very there. muscly back, and um, it started with somebody just putting one piece of tape on, and then we started writing crazy things on the tape, like crazy, yeah. crazy stuff, and. Uh, uh, we ended up getting something like 40 pieces of tape on his back over the course oh of a God. shift before he had any idea. And the only way he found out is I started sending him pictures of himself <laughs> during the middle of the shift. Look, he's pulling up a picture right I now. I know, you, I know you folks can't see it, but he's come, showing her. Come queen, Man United sucks. I, I One of them said, I, I'm interested in archery. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Stuart. Kick me. I love balls. There were so many good ones, man. I mean, can I? Can you? Can you hold the the camera up to the? 
Oh, nice. Yeah. You're going to have to, okay, you motherfucker who doesn't post shit ever on our social media. I'm sorry. You, when, when this episode's re- released, you got to post that picture. I will. I'll post that one for sure. And I'm going to get, I swear I'm going to get better at the social media, but if there's any beautiful soul out there listening and you want to run our social media account, please email me because I hate social media so much. But all right. Those were fantastic. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Number Oh, whoa. 10. Whoa. Number You're nine. drunk, you motherfucker. I'm going to slap 10. the shit out of you. Wow. Number 10, yeah. firing and quitting stories, or Steve, what we so affectionately refer to it Getting as. 86th. God, wait, dude. I, you better fucking, you better buckle up, because I'm going to be in Maryland next week, and if you can't handle a few gimlets, I don't know if this is going to be a good time. Listen, I can drink a bottle of Jameson, but three vodkas, and I'm fucked. <laughs> he usually ends his night with a gin and tonic because his stomach's upset. I hate that you said about me. Oh, little, <laughs> little tummy. You got a little I tummy. I almost went for the old gin and tonic just for shits and giggles. I'm regretting this. <laughs> I'm regretting this. God damn it. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to reveal those kind of vulnerabilities on here. That's oh. what happens when you bring your exes on, Steve. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> he got you. Um <laughs> Number eight. So um Oh, this is actually a kind of funny one. Um, so when we opened up the restaurant that I'm currently working at in Hunt Valley, they have their first restaurant in Mount Vernon, uh, which I, a woman that worked with me at Michael's uh, came in and asked if she could apply to work. And I knew the reputation of this woman, and I was a little bit hesitant, but okay. as all most all restaurants are right now. We're all very shorthanded. So having an extra body and an extra set of hands is always better than not having a person. So well, not always, always. not always. always. Yeah. 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 I I was willing to give this woman the benefit of the doubt and, and will it, and she got fired from Michael's Mm. for similar things as to which I'm going to tell us about. Um, I was very open with her about how I was aware of her past and about how she got, fired from the last spot, but I was willing to give her an, an opportunity, assuming that she was also willing to take it seriously and not um, fuck it up. You know, yeah. on, and I don't mean to interject here, but I feel like your time as a manager has affected the way that you like handle these situations and speak because you're, you're very, you're very forthcoming, but you're also very reserved. Yeah. And I, I really, I love it. I honestly yeah. do. She's diplomatic. Yeah. Right. Diplomatic is the perfect word for it. Yeah. Very, I, I, I yeah. Love it. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, so I tell her, I was like, look, until we completely open up North, I will get you downtown and you can start working down there in the meantime. And then we'll flip flop you between both locations. Um, her first shift happened to be a Saturday night, busiest balls. And, um, for those of you that aren't aware of the, the, the downtown location of Sammy is it's three, three stories. There's a, like a balcony area, right. an entry level dining, and then they have a downstairs dining area, which is more like a private area. It's right in the business district. So yeah. it's a, you know, classic yeah. city feel to it. Yeah. So, uh, okay. it was a busy night. All three floors were booked. Um, she comes in, starts serving tables, and within like an hour of the dinner shift starting, she's freaking out that she needs to go to the ATM. What? Whoa. And they're like... And I'm, Her Coke dealer's on the way. Yeah, and I'm like, I- I'm not there, so I- I'm only hearing this from like the staff coming to us and telling us this. Mm-hmm. 
So they're like, all right, as long as you're like in and out, like shoot down to the ATM, come, come back. Wait, yeah, but like she's in the middle of her shift. I know. Why the hell does she have to go to the ATM? I know. She just said that she had to go to the ATM and then she had to stop by her car. I mean, the yeah, details. She's, she's buying drugs. The lack of she's details right there just immediately tell me that you're doing That's something shady. I mean, yeah. So, or either that, or you're paying off your bookie, who's going to break your fucking kneecaps if you don't, you know, front. Right. So she leaves, goes to the ATM, happens to be gone for almost two hours. Whoa. She, what I time do you think she leaves? Uh, I mean, probably like eight, nine. Okay, so end yeah. of dinner. Right? So re- uh, no, it was like the peak of their because yeah. there was a show. Yeah. Sure, it's a city, so, so it's a little bit yeah. later dinner rush. Sure, yeah. So she leaves, says she's going to be gone for 15 minutes, is gone for two hours, comes back, proclaims that her card got eaten by the ATM, and then she walked to her car, and then her car got sideswept so that she was in an accident, and then she, like, couldn't make her way back in time, and then she, like, starts picking up the tables that she walked out on, or, like, new tables or whatever, and there's a iconic photo of this woman, like, literally, like, standing up, but nodding out at her table. With customers? With customers. Wow. So I'm getting phone calls from people, the owner's getting phone calls from people, and so I am like, all right, I'll handle this. Like she was technically my hire. I'll take care of it. Yeah. So I call her the next day and she answers and I'm like, Hey, unfortunately we cannot pursue you working with us anymore. And she's like, I don't understand. What did I do? wrong?" And I was like, um, I'll give her the name Isabel. I was like, Isabel. Oh shit. You- God fucking damn it. <laughs> what just happened? Did you fall over? I, no, I'm not. You, I'm seriously, I'm pit. not drunk. I'm out of the pit. I'm not. No, I'm not drunk. Just I literally fell just. Over. No, I didn't fall over. Explain just chill yourself. out. Okay, everybody calm down. You everybody calm down. down. Not, You're being hysterical. Okay. I did fall over, but I did not drunkenly fall over. My kitchenette has a little, like, little ledge here. Yeah. And my, my fucking, the front of my chair just. Stepped off of it, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Just chill out. Wait, your chair stepped off of it. You're- I am working with very minimal space here, okay. I didn't know so chairs could just- walk. This sounds like this sounds like a lady who's saying, "What did I, was, I do wrong?" I was trying to get comfortable, and the front leg of my chair slipped off the step, and I fell over a little bit. My <laughs> drink did not spill. I am fine. I am not drunkly falling around. Fuck you. Anyway, please continue with your story. I've Meg. never wished more that we had video footage, <laughs> that we video recorded these pods. Because all of a sudden, you guys got to understand, Mike's in Kansas, Meg and I are sitting here in Baltimore, and all of a sudden, mid-story, as Mike is just <laughs> sitting intently listening, he's shot out of the frame onto the ground. I, I thought he'd been shot in the head. I was, I was concerned. All right. Anyway, I apologize. Yeah, it's wow. an accident. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, anyway, so I'm like talking to her. I'm like, Isabel, which is the name I'm giving her. Uh, you left for two hours. You said you got into a car accident. I just need to know what happened. She's like, I just need to go to the ATM. And I was like, okay, but why do you have to go to the ATM? And she's like, but wait, I never left that night. And I was like, okay, first oh of all, God. you left for two hours. Second of all, you just told me you had to go to the ATM. And now you're reversing your story back to the fact that mm. you never left. And she was like, 
yeah, like, I never left. I, I swear, like, I was on all three levels at the same time, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I actually believe her when she said She's that. a multi-dimensional no, no, no. server. What the fuck are you talking about? I bet she was on all three levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. So, so my question, sorry, go on, go on. No, 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 please go. I was going to say, what drug do you think she bought at, at, when she left? <laughs> if, it were, if it were based off of my observation, I think she was speedballing. I think she did a little bit of everything. Mm, because really? she was nodding out, but then she apparently, at the end of the night, was Moving at the speed of lightning. Ah, uh, like what? So probably a little bit. Of, probably probably did some heroin and maybe <laughs> and some coke. To yeah, yeah. maybe some meth. Yeah, which maybe is very meth, very yeah. sad, and I and I do feel very sorry for this person, and I and I hope for the best. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, you know, I call the owner after that, and I'm like, look, she's refusing to believe that she did any of these things. She doesn't believe that she left, nor did she, you know, go to the ATM, or did she you know, not out in front of a table and all this stuff. So it ended up her having to like directly contact the owner because she was not willing to believe me, but wow. it ended in, obviously ended in her not being able to come back for employment. Um, because mm-hmm. on her first ever shift, she definitely set the bar high on like the biggest, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And that's a getting fired story. And that's unfortunate. She's clearly got a problem, but you guys keeping her around and enabling her is never going to, that's never going to solve it. Like when yeah. I hired her initially, I was like, look, we need people that are going to be responsible and be accountable. Mm. And if that's not going to be you, then that's okay. And again, you gave her a chance, but I, right? I, and she I unfortunately squatted. Yeah, yeah, it was unfortunate. But, well, uh, it's like, I'm glad you said it too, because like, it's fucking funny and like that's a crazy story but I, like i do feel for her she's obviously going through some shit and um you know i, I agree I, I wish her the best of luck you know if i was the manager on that night though and she left for two hours and then she popped up out of nowhere and she was like the atm at my ate my card my car got swi- side swiped you know i had to fill out a whole accident report and deal with that i'd be like wow and you did that all that in two hours that's yeah right <laughs> We might have to keep you around after all. You're an efficient individual, you know? <laughs> That'd be awesome, though, if you're, like, the table that's trying to get your order taken and, like, your server's just falling asleep. <laughs> like, hey, hey. Come on, honey. Come back. Yeah, Come back. It, you know, hearing it secondhand initially is very funny because you're yeah. hearing it from other restaurant people who, like, understand the business, understand. Um, mm. we've, been, uh, we've seen it. We've seen it all. Like, yeah. uh but then actually sitting down having to take it all in, like, after this, oh, yeah. I definitely do feel for this girl. Yeah. Um, and tough. I hope that she gets, the, you know, the help that she needs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely set the bar very high for, like, a firing story because she was yeah, so absolutely. adamant on wanting well, the work and wanting the money. And it was like, I, she couldn't get her money fast enough because so she had to leave. There's nothing like somebody that when they're fired is like, that never happened. You're not fired. Yeah, no. <laughs> just I was like, on all three levels. What are you talking yeah, about? On all three levels. <laughs> well, all right. Well, bravo. You have done it. We Give me a little it. pound. You have made it through the gauntlet successfully and some amazing stories in there, including, mm-hmm. as Mike pointed out, our first ever full arrest, which we were very mm-hmm. excited about. That was a great story. Um, we do want to kind of take it to our final couple questions here. We call this the cleanup, a.k.a. How's our driving? We always want to ask our guests, where can we improve? Mike and I are not professional podcasters. We do this because we love it. And we want any recommendations you might have on questions we missed, restaurants you love right now food or drink that you're really into 
Um, anything that you want to share with the people that, um, you know, can kind of add to the show. So any recommendations you have, it's, you know, you have the floor. This is the one question that I like didn't know how to answer when I looked over the, 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 the questionnaire, the show sheet. Um, I think you guys got it going. Thank you. You really got a great thing ahead of you. Well, that's very kind. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. The only thing that I feel like would make this. There we go. Yeah, th- this was the it was the two hundred dollar tip. That's the only thing that I would say was it yeah. would be ten more fun if you were here That's very kind, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, we um, this show, uh, if we can ever make something of it, it's Mike and I doing doing it in person forever. I mean, we, you know, frankly, yeah. we hate doing well, it until forever. we die. Yeah, we hate doing. I mean, it honestly, I didn't realize. Well, we don't until hate until I walked in that you were not going to be present. So when I saw you on the video thing, I was like, oh, this is a little disappointing. Yeah. But I totally understand. Oh, you thought I it was going to be I there? Oh, yeah, we, yeah. you know, we did. No, no, no. And it's still good. It's still good. But I agree. The the energy when Steve and I are together, when all of us are together, and we can all read each other's cues, and there's no lag. It's so much better. And folks, if you agree with Meg, all that we ask is you like us on social media. You follow us. You rate us. You review us wherever you can. Because if we can keep this going, and we can potentially get some sponsors, Steve and I will fucking commit to this. Oh my god, we, we really love me? doing this. Yeah, I, I'm dying to quit my job and do this full time. Um, no, but you know, my, uh, Mike makes a good point. The more that we can get people to support this, the more cool things that Mike and I can do, the more we can do it together. Now mm-hmm. on a brighter note, while you don't get the benefit of doing your session with Mike in person, Mike will be here in Baltimore this weekend. And we hopefully yep. will have our 23rd, 4th, uh, 22nd, 3rd and 4th episodes recorded so that we can do episode 25 live and in person yep um where either i will get slapped or steve will get fucked up yep. i can't wait for and that. it is it is slated for uh thanksgiving eve is the tentative date um so for all you big drinkers out there looking to enjoy um a really rowdy thanksgiving eve if you want to get after it why don't you join me in taking 10 shots no, questions. this is the one thing we always say: don't just listen along, drink along. On episode on episode twenty five, if I don't get slapped, do not drink along. It is not recommended. We do not no, 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 no. that. No, it's like listen, it's like swimming at a pool when the lifeguard's not on duty at a shitty hotel in Arizona. Okay, <laughs> swim at your own risk. All right, drink yeah. along at your own peril. My at friends. your own risk. But, and also, Meg, I will be in Maryland, and uh, yeah, I'd love to. If one if Steve's going to be working at DOS one of the nights. I, I actually, there are so many of you guests that I've got to hang out with virtually that I want to come and have a drink yeah, with. So if we can make know. that happen, yeah, for sure, you, you're gonna we'll, have. We'll, so you're gonna have to go check out. Uh, you guys should come up to Sammy's. Then. We would love to. Okay, you know, okay, it, cool. it's tough because uh, we will be. We'll, you know, I'm going to Chicago this weekend. We're kind of like we're moving about, but I think maybe early next week, Monday or Tuesday, we might be able to sneak up there. You guys are open yeah, during the yeah. now on Tuesday. Okay, Mondays were currently closed, but. Mondays you're close. Sorry, but Tuesday would yeah. Tuesday would be a good day. Tuesdays so, are good. I'm not gonna let right, you cool. off the hook that easy though <laughs> on this question. So I do want at least one restaurant recommendation for you that is not your restaurant or any of the places you or I have worked. Or or a bar or a bar too. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. Um yeah. so I actually just recently came across this place in Pikesville called Wise Guys. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. It's like right off of Racerstown Road, I think off of Hooks Lane. 
Yeah. Uh, but if you Google it, you can definitely find it. It's Wise like Guys. This, huh? Yeah, it's called Wise Guys. It's like a pizza sub burger place. Phenomenal. Like absolutely phenomenal. Really? And that's coming from somebody that worked at a pizza place. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bummed. I lived great. in that neighborhood yeah. for three years I and never even heard of that place. Yeah, it's fairly new. It just I think it just opened up right over COVID. Okay. And um I heard from it through a through a friend and um got an opportunity to check it out a couple weeks ago and their chicken cheese steaks are out of this world. Really? Yeah. Okay. A ringing endorsement oh, yeah. for wise guys. Yeah. I love it. I'm gonna have to go over there and check it out. I actually um, believe it or not, I have a meeting in Pikesville tomorrow, so maybe that's where I'll go. There you go. Strange, strange I do enough. not know whether or not they serve alcohol. I got carryout the one day that I was there, so I just like ran and grabbed my food and went. Uh, but I would assume that they do. I, I think a chicken cheesesteak will put me in enough of a coma. I yeah, won't yeah. Need yeah, right. You don't need anything now. <laughs> All right. Well, Meg, we have come to the final question of the pod. This is our wrap-up section, um, our closing question. Mike, why don't you so gracefully take us home? I'll try not to fall over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Meg, why do you still do this? AKA, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I do this because I love like the rush of being ran around. Uh, I love interacting with random people and I love bar banter. Like, I, um, love, I love being able to give people attitude, knowing that they like, thrive for that attitude yes yeah um, absolutely and don't take it to complete heart but also yeah. i mean i feel like this is probably a common theme the money is just uh, it's not comparable yeah um especially like i don't have not that you have to have a degree to be successful but like i don't so this is a career path that i've been able to take that i've moved my way up in and now i'm uh, lucky enough to be able to make the money that i make now uh, mm-hmm. while still being able to sling drinks and, and work with the yeah. general public. Yeah. Um, but I think it all really comes down to just being able to like banter and like kind of give shit to people without yeah. like it being taken seriously. Oh my God. When you say that, you know, when I was a kid, I was always the loudest one in every class. And I always got told, no, use your indoor voice, use your indoor voice over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> one of the things I love about the bar business, it is you know, especially if it's a dive bar, just like, you know, um, more of like the adult bar scene is not necessarily families in the bar section. Oh, my God. People drop their masks. They check them at the door. They become their real selves. They talk like and I'm not saying that that's necessarily even a good thing. It's just to, you know, use vulgar language or to like curse or be provocative. But I'll just tell you, you find out who people really are. They'll come into the bar and they just let it fly. They let it all go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's everything that they've had pent up in them from work and their family life and everything else. And they feel like they can cut loose there. But some interesting conversations come back for that. And I will tell you, mm-hmm. I have uh, never, never wanted for um, an interesting conversation in this in this business. That's for sure. Yeah, that's 100 percent true. Yeah. Well, it, it makes me think, too, when you're talking about being being in a job like that you genuinely enjoy <laughs> And, and getting to the point where now you're making the money that you want to make. Like, you know, you're talking about that blonde earlier who's in a high corporate job, probably making big bucks, but ob- obviously is a very unhappy person. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm. There's a lot of jobs that you can do to make really good money, but to find a job that you, you thrive in and you really enjoy, that's, that's a really special that's thing. Not yeah. easy. Not easy. But it's not. It's not. Well, all right. 
Let's wrap it up here. Meg, it has been a pleasure. The drinks have been fantastic. You did a lot with a little when I didn't buy limes. Um, and you did, fucking asshole. And you did a lot with a little uh, dealing with these two knuckleheads. And Ragamuffins. Ragamuffins. Riff frankly. Um, and, and delivered some amazing stories. So we, we cannot tell you how thankful we are for you joining us and sharing everything. And to, ta- to take us home, we have one final question. If you opened a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme be? Uh, so a bunch of the, so my group of friends now, we've all talked about this and we're all people that like work together at Michael's and have all just established this really great friendship and family uh, with one another. And we talk about this often. It's like our running joke that, one day we are going to create this bar called Holler at the Squalor. <laughs> nice. I'm already yeah. in. I'm already uh, in. <laughs> it's literally like been to think like the last two years almost. And, and it's a joke on Swallow time. at the Hollow, right? Yeah, like yeah. Holler at the Squalor. <laughs> and um, it's basically where like the dirtiest of birds are going to go. Yes, and, I love um, this. The, yeah. There'll be pool tables. There'll be like, you know, live music all the time. And then... I feel like there always has to be like bombs on deck. It's going to be the bar from Roadhouse, but with like Vegas. (laughs) That's basically what it's going to be. Yes. And I love that you, I love that you flip for the people that are not from Baltimore. There's a little like local dive bar called Swallow at the Hollow. That's been a staple for a long time on Northern Parkway. And I think it's York Road, isn't it? No, it's not. Joppa? No, it's down. It's Cold Spring and uh, Harford. No. I don't know. It's not Roland. It's Roland. Is it Roland? Roland Northern Parkway. I don't think that's right either. But um, right. swallow at the hollow, and so I love it. It's it's holler at the squalor. <laughs> I love it. Squalor. I absolutely. I like. I pray in my heart right now that one day Steve and I get to do a live recording from Holler at the Squalor. Dude, oh, we yeah. were meant. We were meant for that bar. I'll tell you what, Mike yeah, and his absolutely. Mike and his uh, his white tube socks that are stained brown and got holes. <laughs> What are you talking? No, 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 you haven't seen my socks. What are you even talking about right socks, now? You nasty I, most of my socks, whatever. Go <laughs> pull your beanie something. down. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, Meg, this was awesome. Uh, is there anything you want to say to the people before we wrap it up and take us home? Just thank you guys for having me here. I Fuck really yeah. appreciate it. Was so much. Fun. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's thank you a good for time. these gimlets. Um, guys, listen, watch out. We're going into cold and flu season. Don't get scurvy. Okay. Get some fresh squeezed limes. Make these gimlets right. All right. And as always, fuck off. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we release new episodes sometimes. Uh, big shout out, as always, to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Be sure to go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show them some fucking love. That's right. You better show them some love because those are our motherfuckers. Um, If you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BRP Drink Along. Just to clarify, Facebook is at the BRP Drink Along. For now. For now. Um, You can listen along on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Um... Just the Bartender Ramp Podcast. I don't know why I read that like there was a dot-com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This is critically important. If we're going to share this show with more people, we need to aggregate it. Subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, (laughs) re-review. We really need the personal validation, people. 
Yeah, I mean, we Steve and I need some in our life, and right now you're the only people any. that can give it to us. Frankly, okay. Any. <laughs> and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Ramp Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content, which Steve and I have got some new stuff coming. Yes, we do. And you're going to have uh, a chance to vote on new episode content, and you're going to receive a 10% discount on all of our wonderful merchandise. That's awesome. And uh, if you want to go above and beyond, if you want to be one of our big tippers, a.k.a. one of our bozels, feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. Mike and I do this because we love this industry. We want to bring you guys great content. Um, honestly, God, it's a ton of fun. You know, we're not going to stop doing it, but we want this to grow. We want this community to blossom. So please share it. Um, but please know it's not our day. You know, we need your help. If we're going to grow this show, you need to share it with people. You need to support us. You need to allow us to continue to bring you great stories and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always... Don't, Don't just, just listen, listen along. along. All right, Mike, that's my line. I was just getting the picture back. <laughs> I know. You, All right, you give me a hey, squat. Let me do it. Okay. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, Please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. One thing is, I don't think we got any other banter in for this episode, for the ending. What do you mean? Like, I like to, when sometimes we have a little extra oh, I conversation. Disagree. I disagree. Well, that was on being recorded. Yeah, go back, uh, go back and listen to the very, very, very beginning. Or we can I'll just talk about how you fell out of your chair like a, like a fucking <laughs> doofus right now. Like a Fuck doofus, you. dude. I mean, you look like you look like a guy who went to a strip club for the very first time and it overloaded his brain. And and instead of like throwing all of his money, he like exploded out of his chair. All right. That's quit. Quit talking like you're being recorded, you piece of shit. I mean, I'm being recorded. <laughs> you are. We're all always being recorded. <laughs> hey, CIA. <laughs> all right. You ready to go? Yeah, do it. All right. A little bit of dead air here.
Um, uh, some of the some of the more positive things to talk about here. We obviously have the holidays coming up. If anybody's looking for holiday presents, the merch site has a ton of really cool gear. That's Prodigy DTG backslash. Uh, sorry, Prodigy prodigydtg.com backslash bartender rant. Uh, you can follow us on all of our socials at BRP Drink Along on Instagram and Twitter and at the BRP Drink Along on Facebook. And before Mike even tortures me on this, yes, I fucked up the Facebook page. We're working on it. I will get it updated and changed as soon as I can. So I don't want to hear any more complaints about it. Um, on Mike's side of the aisle, Mike, tell him about what you're doing with uh, some of the podcast uh, playlists that we've been doing. We'll have Boo Bash 2022 a year from now. Thank you. Yeah, Christmas is my most hated holiday, and we can get into that on episode 25. I don't. I'm a proud Scrooge. I'm a proud Scrooge. People don't. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous this holiday. Anyway,
Okay, well, we got the BRP jukebox, which I'm actually constantly uh, preening, you know, removing some songs, adding songs. So check that out. Uh, took the boobash off. You're not going to see that for a while. And I will do. A, I, yeah, I will do. I will do a Christmas playlist, but I will not do it until after fucking Thanksgiving. I'm already sick of Christmas. I, I was seeing Christmas ads before Halloween and which is just rude. And uh, if. Like I, I actually, I actually, I actually do love Christmas, but I, it doesn't need to be celebrated for two fucking months. And if you start decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving, you're a fucking asshole. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, a Grinch. I, yeah, I'm a Grinch. Yeah. 